When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Welcome to the Friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as Hey Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the Friends Zone. Let's start the show. I'm in the zone. Lick bar. You gotta get your lick back. No, sir, you gotta get your lick back. My thing. My thing is this, <laughs> right? Welcome to the friend zone, your weekly look at all things mental health, mental wellness, mental hygiene, and mental getting your lick back. Now, this week, okay, and more importantly, well, more on that in a minute, it's a double entendre of sorts, right? This is a mantra, right? A lot mm-hmm. of times, a lot of things in life require you to be in a position where you are available to get your lick back, right? I'm tired of people fucking with me, okay? I'm tired of paying a lot of money to park cars and parking garages and shit, right? Child. I'm tired of, you know, the gas bill going. I'm tired of rent increase. It's time to get your lick back, you know what I'm saying? Steal that parking <laughs> space, you know what I'm saying? Squat in your house, you know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> sick of this squat. shit. I'm t- it's time to get your lick back now. In addition to just generally not taking no shit, you know, go on and get your lick back every time. Now, also, and y'all stay with me, to whom it may concern, right? It's, it's, it's Women's History Month. Hey, oh, my God. To so, whom so, it may <laughs> so, so if you if you a liquor, you know. Oh, you know what? I felt like this is the perfect time. I didn't know where he was going with So this. shout out to y'all, the first letter of the community, you know what I'm saying? And some of the second, you know what I mean? <laughs> Get your lick back all month long and don't let nobody stop you, okay? Wow. Is that, the, is that what those first two letters mean now? Lick, lick back. back. <laughs> yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Get, your lick, get your lick back in Women's History Month. If that's your thing. Look at us with the title of this week's episode five minutes in. Get Get your your lick lick back back. to the members (laughs) of the L and the B. Thank you very much. Get your lick back. Wow. Dustin, you are crazy. Thank you. How's it going? Hey, friend, how you doing? How are y'all? How were your weekends? Mm. Weekend was great. You know, you went on a trip, which I will get into a little bit later into mm-hmm. the episode. I saw, but I um, saw. you know, things worked out as they always do. So I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing, Dustin? Hey, I've had a great weekend. You know, I've been working tirelessly um, on a new project that I tweeted about earlier uh, this week. 
not in detail related to the pro- relative to the project itself, but just the process of the project. Child. I'm stressed out. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm at my wits end. I'm maxed out. I'm doing something I've never done before, and it's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. But very exciting. Okay. Very exciting. So, but and, you know, we just gonna keep moving forward because I ain't no bitch. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna keep going. But damn, it's hard. Okay. <laughs> How y'all doing? I'm actually feeling much better. I don't know about y'all, but I feel like as soon as March came, mm-hmm. everything just felt different. You know like why? I feel so, lighter. Why? Yes. March it's your Madness. Birthday. No, it's your birthday's April. April. It's Asante's birthday soon. Mm-hmm. I knew it was one of y'all's. Oh, we almost, you're going to be 50 soon. <laughs> wow, Could you imagine? <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. You think we're still going to be recording for our 50s? <laughs> no, nah, I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> I feel like something's going to happen to me in an exotic country. I don't know if I'm no, going to be there. No, don't even call that in. <laughs> we don't need those Okay, problems. but why did y'all go to the bad place? I mean, like, you know, something like happened to me. Like, you just come back. Yeah, like, okay. whoa. Well, you got to make it clear. You guys saw y'all saw that headline um, today, as a matter of fact, about those four um, black people oh, from South Carolina. Oh, my God. I was no. so heartbroken. Heartbroken, Asante, heartbroken. they drove to... Mexico, right? Um, to get a tummy tuck procedure. One, of, I don't know if one of the four was getting it or yeah, all it was of them. one of the four, and then the three friends just went like to support and make sure she was okay. Well, baby, mm. um, two. So they have them on videotape in Mexico. I, I can't remember the name of the um, city or the state of Mexico, but it's right underneath. It's Texas. like Mata Mata Ma, Soto or something. Mata Moto, yeah, something like that. But um, they crawled, they drove through, and when they got into that town, they were what appears to be on the video footage that's been circulating, abducted by members of the cartel, who Oof, it's so being scary. reported that they the members of the cartel mista- uh, it's a case of mistaken identity. They thought that they were some Haitian smugglers, which I don't know if I believe that, but um, it was for people. They abducted them. And now they found, so they've been missing for however many days. It's been two, three days, friend, two days, mm-hmm. something yeah. like that. And one of them has been returned alive. Two of them are dead. And one of them is critically injured at this point. So and they have them on video, like snatching them up, throwing them in this white truck. Like, yeah, taking you them see the, the video. Oh, it's called Matamoros, Mexico. Okay. So, And I was reading about it and I saw... Some people that were claiming they're from that town mm-hmm. and they were like, it's been, and this is not in any way victim blaming, but mm-hmm. it's just an awareness that we have to have to when we travel. Mm-hmm. They were saying it's like a super dangerous town that is not really welcoming, mm-hmm. you know, of mm-hmm. tourism. Mm-hmm. And apparently it's been on a list of mm-hmm. like, don't travel there. So that's the scary part. You know, we travel, whether it's for fun, procedures, recreation, whatever the case may be. And sometimes we're just not aware yeah. of like where we should and shouldn't be. And it's just so sad. So sad. Just four friends, you know, going to hang. And we saw the video and it's just hella sad. So it's hella crazy. Sad. It's yeah. crazy. And I think there's still, um, I saw a, a protest or a press conference, I'll say that Ben Crump was um, leading regarding the Shaquilla oh, really? Robinson case. Oh, it's him. Gosh, I saw Tamika Mallory behind him, and they were still saying how no real... Nothing has yeah, happened. Yeah, nothing's happened. 
No arrests have been made, no new information. And apparently it doesn't seem like either government, ours or theirs, is really making any progress with the case, which is sad. That's why I don't all the international travel shit. I'm I'm going to the casino. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to the casino. I'm gonna go well, I'm gonna go to the uh to the uh the fight. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna do regular. And the shit. sad part with the Shane Quella case is her own friends, yeah. allegedly. So it's like even worse. You know, you can't even put yeah. that on Mexico. It's mm-hmm. just like you put that shit on TLC. Because what they say, what about yo? Okay. <laughs> so, well, to all the people that will be traveling abroad for uh, the Beyonce concert, I had talked about this mm, on one of the ETAs. Do your research. I, yeah, do your research. I urge you all to read up on the laws and customs of local places learn a little bit of the language or find you some apps that you feel like are going to be good at helping you on the fly and don't be just acting like you own everything but you know still dress up and show out so they're like oh okay black people doing it and then they probably going to be friendly anyway but then you don't want to be a mark either so just do all of the research that you feel like you can and uh you know prayers to their families because that is so scary and i hate that it's on video you know everyone Mm -hmm. can see that's got to be so overwhelming for the families and these are black people shanquilla robinson black and beautiful black young woman the four uh victims from north carolina and then the four victims are from south South carolina Carolina. so it's just all really sad but safe travels to everyone yes is out here because I'm going um, to the casino and the Tom Joyner cruise <laughs> and shit like that. <laughs> you keeping it keeping it simple. <laughs> that's, that's the Tom the Circle Joyner City cruise Classic. Go. Black Expo. I don't know if it's still a thing. <laughs> the Black Expo. Lovers and friends, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing black soul trainer. I'm doing black shit. The <laughs> Roots Picnic. Roots Picnic. <laughs> okay. Hell, Selma. Shit. Uh, <laughs> one day. Okay. Speaking of one day, Dustin, you said that you have a black business highlight for us this week. I definitely do. And this is one that I can personally vouch for, y'all. You know, I like to tell you about things, it. both local and, you know, accessible to everyone that you can support that I can vouch for. So this one is for my New York homies, right? People hey. who want braids and who want good braids. I have an Ooh, eye. I know good braids when I see that. Hard them, okay? to find. Good stitch mm-hmm. braids, all that. So this is Ooh. called Rich and Cozy. And it's a salon here in Midtown um, that is founded by a black woman. Get into that. And I firsthand seen, I know someone very well whose hair she's responsible for. And she is the real deal. A professional, a private salon experience um, mm. right over by Bloomingdale's. Just a beautiful, you know what I'm saying? Beautiful experience and good work. Uh, Jay Louise is the stylist who own, who started and owns and operates Rich and Cozy New York. She's known in the hair industry for giving the people what they want, what they want, when they want it. With over 10 years of professional experience in salon, film, and print, she has a full catalog of styles to accommodate your particular New York and or wherever you're coming from lifestyle. That's fine. Uh, yeah, she's really, really dope. So you can find Rich and Cozy actually on uh hold on one second i'm gonna give you the exact instagram account for you to go to for all of your years and fears and your tears and website <laughs> you can actually just go to <clears throat> rich in cozy with an i so r-i-c-h-n-c-o-z-i-n-y.com take you right where you need to be and i'm telling you firsthand i've seen jay's work I've seen her spot. I know the quality of the spot. I know the the quality of the hair care. 
and I've seen the precision of the hairstyle. So if you got braids, that's the biggest. If one. you want braids, yes, and you want natural hair that looks good and is well taken care of, holler at Jay and tell her Dustin sent you. And that's Rich and Cozy New York, R I C H, the letter N, like nigga. Cozy, C-O-Z-I-N-Y dot com. Much love to Jay. And I'm telling you, your hair is going to look right. And that's for all y'all in New York, because y'all know how hard the water is here. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen some of y'all. You know what I'm saying? Go see Jay at Rich and Cozy with I. There you go. That's the black <laughs> business for the week. <laughs> so last week's episode titled A Practicing Homosexual. Thank you so much, Dustin Ross. <laughs> Dustin brought February's hot topics to the hot button. And of course, those of you listening had a hot lot topics. to say. Who <laughs> stood out to you, Asante? Um, well, I want to choose someone in the Patreon, the gated community. Fran, how about you? I'm on SoundCloud, so you're good to go. All righty then. I would like to give a special shout out to Gigi. Gigi's comment says, oh my AI. I'm not into the deep fake <laughs> voice or voice manipulations, but I will say that I appreciate the AI writing tools. I recently started using this to help me start a draft or give me new perspective for company-wide communications. I believe there are softwares out there to help detect if a project was created using AI. So, yeah, I think that, like, in line with the conversation last week, the AI stuff is going to get a little bit out of control. So I know that right now GG's talking about their softwares that can help you see if they're, they're fake or not. Like, I was trying to say maybe there needs to be some sort of embedding or something to try to make sure that we can authenticate. So the authentication conversation continues. So thank you, GG, for that. Um, and for what about school, you? if you think about it, I saw people, like, creating whole papers and shit off of chat GPT. Yes. And- yeah, Which, so I wonder how that's going to work for plagiarism. I'm like, Tupac, y'all playing too many games, but I ain't mad at you. <laughs> now, when are using it to Who's write saying? papers and shit, you got to point out, I'm like, Pam and the Martin credit. <laughs> okay. Like, really wish I had that when I was in school. What? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> Never mind. What? Fuck Nori. What? What? Talking shit about loudspeakers oh, network, yeah. combat jack. Fuck Nori with your uh, oh my fly, god, fly, Dustin, fly swatter, <laughs> lip having ass, fly swatter, How clapper, hand clapping, mouth ass. I'm talking shit about combat jack and Chris Morrow. I'll whip your ass over so Chris Morrow. So on SoundCloud, T Lynette said this hit home for me. Up until a few years ago, I used to get carded all the time. So clearly, she's talking about the the wellness segment where we were discussing aging. Oh yeah. Um, she said, I used to get carded all the time when buying my wines and things, and now my feelings are hurt a little bit because it doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> well, you're buying wine. People under 21 <laughs> buying liquor. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's why they're looking at you. Oh, she buying wine? Oh, you, you straight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I blame these. So, tear troughs? What are troughs? I have to look that up. Mm-hmm. She said these tear troughs, if I'm saying it correctly. Is that like um, a I'm looking. <laughs> I think it's a trough. I'm looking to fill them. <laughs> Maybe it's something under here, under eye. I mean, I'm oh. something under eye. Tear yeah. troughs? I don't yeah. know. But... Oh, yeah, because tear. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tears. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true, too, because I was always that person that when I would um, say how old I was, people would be like, no way. They still kind of do it. Um, But the carding thing, too, like I would get kombucha. You know, they card you in New York for some reason (laughs) if you order it. (laughs) Of course, I got carded for kombucha. 
I remember the first time he said, I'm going to need to see your, your license. And I said, what? <laughs> For my groceries? He was like, yeah, you have liquor. I said, I absolutely do not. He was like, well, I got the alert that I have to card you. I'm like, I don't have liquor in my groceries. That would be crazy. Right. And then he's like, oh, maybe it's the kombucha. <laughs> I was like, wow, what? That's crazy. But doesn't happen anymore. So I'm with you, T. Lynette. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just old hags now. It's okay. Well, you still it look is young. Okay. I think I, I well, I won't and say young, that, but I think I look good. <laughs> if they just right. started stop carrying you last year, you still look young too, T Lynette. <laughs> Shit. We out here. Dustin Ross, what you find in the Twitter streets? <laughs> All right, I got a three pack for y'all. Short and sweet. Uh the first one comes from at based mistress underscore, and that's her business. So I ain't asking wow. no, I ain't asking no <laughs> questions. That's her business, right? <laughs> I don't know her, that man, or that woman. Now, the tweet says, so millennial women are mad at North, speaking of Northwest, for dancing Uh-oh. to Ice Spice, calling her fast oh, and shit. Like y'all weren't booty dancing to Destiny's Child with your shirts pulled up. Did you forget? <laughs> and I totally agree. Y'all know damn well North dancing to Ice Spice, there's nothing wrong with that. She's having a good time and enjoying the popular music that children her age like, and her mama's supervising her. Meanwhile, y'all got grandchildren and you're 32. So I don't want to hear about it. Wow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. Like, stop fronting and, and miss me with the selective outrage. That girl is being a kid, being a young, you know, preteen or whatever. I don't know how it's old It's just online. Yeah. It's like just that's, online and we weren't. <laughs> like that's it and that's the thing we weren't online buddy i know for sure that they were literally pulling their shirts up booty popping the desk okay so let's start no there. what got me though with that video was the little orange wig <laughs> <laughs> i know i, t- I thought it was ice Where spice not Kara burnett I know. <laughs> she find her shit. It's and like she a little was, old lady wig. She was acting just like no, just like I Spice her. You know, the, you her saw she had it down. Yeah. She was mm-hmm. like, it was cute, like that to me. I wonder if that because you know they had made that a, a, a Halloween costume. I wonder if that's the wig, like if it's oh. that because that was some good quality. I don't know if it was because it was real good. I was like, that's some good quality. Is that the Party City thing Maybe or not? Because you can't because she ain't gonna find that in her mama house. Her mama ain't got that kind of wig. Shout out to Ice Spice for um, having a look that's so original that it is now okay. being replicated in that way where it can be something that people dress up as. Because I ain't never seen nobody dress up as Erica Banks. All right, next tweet um, comes from none other than Grammy Award winner, Claude Kelly of Grammy Award winning Lewis hey. York. All right. Who tweeted something that I said was a tattoo, okay? He tweeted, keep on believing, but also work your ass off. I said, no. if that don't go on the back of somebody's calf, I don't know what, you know, <laughs> you know, that's not on somebody's neck, you know, neck, like Candace said. <laughs> All right. And the last one that I'm going to come, that I'm going to mention today comes from a living legend, none other than Juvenile, Juvie the Great himself uh, okay. of Cash Money Records fame, who quoted a tweet from WDAM7, uh, which is a, a local news affiliate who says, breaking. Juvenile arrested, charged in Turtle Creek Mall shooting, right? Juvenile quoted the tweet, it wasn't me, y'all, with three laughing emojis. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when people got a sense of humor. And that was funny to me. Uh, and I thought that I want to share that with y'all. 
I saw he just opened up a brewery. Did y'all see that? Like he has his own beer. Yeah, I did. Which I thought was I super definitely cool. did see that. Um I love that. I love seeing, you know, people that are classic, iconic right. um, musicians or just people from our from our time still out here thinking of new ways to pivot. Right. That's that made me happy for him. Okay, then. Well, that's it. That's it. That's all we got. <laughs> three pack. I told you. Short he did say it was a three pack. There's a little teapot sitting of there tweets. waiting. <laughs> a little teapot of tweets, short and stout. Okay. <laughs> so before we jump into the episode, as always, do y'all have any announcements? Anything you have to tell the audience? Um. Yeah. Keep your head up. <laughs> people going through stuff right now. You know. What I'm yes, saying? we are. I'm not Lord. saying that. So I just wanted to let everybody know. Keep your head up. Okay. Yes, we are. Everybody tired and over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sante, anything? Nothing. My birthday is next week, so um, March fifteenth, I will be turning thirty-five years old. And wow, such a good I, age. Thirty-five is. Is it such a good age? It is such a good age. I love thirty-five personally. I felt like I was really, I found my footing in a different way when I stepped into 35 at least i can only speak for myself but i like 35 a lot really okay well let's year. go ahead and just get into the main show this week we are continuing <laughs> hot topics i wish we could All do right. it in the style of <laughs> dustin ross but we are doing it in the style of asante because asante just could not get his life together because he kept reading so many things that were bothering him and he wants your opinions on them oh, no. but before we get into things that were bothering me or not necessarily bothering me but just a lot of conversations i saw online and i was like we should have these conversations here so it's pretty much a continuation of hot topics but it ain't dustin's hot topics so it ain't gonna be as entertaining but i feel like it's still gonna be entertaining because y'all still gonna have things to say but before we get into those hot topics i did want to start off because my first thing was going to be the uh, northwest thing i want to talk about turning 35 like continue tell me about your 35 like what it what it felt like do you remember it do you miss it did you love it was it landmark are the things to look to afterwards or should i just give up now well like i said i can only speak for myself (laughs) and i loved it because i feel like i have found a rhythm at 35 like financially I was stabilized in a, in a way where I had been stabilized for like a couple years at that point. You know, when you first start getting stabilized financially, there's still that part where you're like, is this going to last? Do I have to brace myself? Can I get that apartment? Can I get that car? Can I really, 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 really. But then you get to a point where you're like, Oh no, no, this is my life now. Like I'm good. I'm okay. And I'm going to be okay regardless so something about 35 was that for me, where it was like I was solidified and what I was doing, where I was at, what I wanted to do does not mean that I had everything figured out. I don't, I'm not trying to say that at all, but I had just reached like just a good grounded point of life. I guess I'll say that. No, I wasn't dealing with like a lot of drama. My friend group was just great. You know, like it's just a good year. Mm. yeah everybody's just like figuring you know their career out is like I think everyone would even though career is one of those things where it can change and pivot and you can leave and come back and do whatever but at that point I feel like most of my friends in my age group were just kind of settled in what they were doing at that point Mm. and were like happy and good and that's what 35 was for me just a good year I think it's a lot to look forward to mid 30s you're just like in your bag. <laughs> <laughs> you look good too, you know? 
I you got that sexy 30s. grown. Yeah, right? You I got that sexy 30s. grown look. Your 30s yeah. are the perfect intersection of so many things, especially age 35. It's the perfect intersection of seriousness being a part of your life. You take yourself more seriously. You take your career seriously. You take your credit Absolutely. history seriously. You take <laughs> all the, you know, all the things that matter or whatever in life. You start to consider them more mm-hmm. so than you ever have while you while you're also still able to like lean directly into being a fun-loving person and a rule breaker when it makes sense. And, you know, you have access to resources to be the baddest bad person you've ever been in your life, you know? (laughs) And so you're still with the shits, but you're also concerned about what's serious. You're also... Um, these are your last years of being young. To me, when you're in your 40s, you're oh still God, young. Oh, no. No, that's... no. Hear me out, though, right? <laughs> like, when you're in your 40s, you're still young, you know, but you're mature. It's a different young. Yeah. You're not. When people hear how old you are, they don't consider you young anymore. When you're in your 30s, uh, you're still young. And so when you're in your fair. 30s and when you turn 35, you're starting to be more aware of the upcoming stage of life that you're about to enter. So you cherish the good, youthful feel good energetically uh centered times in your life more than ever you're gonna have the most fun you've ever had at concerts at festivals in nightclubs you're gonna have these new fleeting acquaintances that you meet and have great you know two three week runs with you know what i'm saying that all happens right around that time of your. it does (laughs) it happens like right around that time of your life and then you also gonna meet somebody or either someone else is gonna come back into your life who represents a serious stable relationship like (laughs) All that happens right around in that time. So your 30s are really a crisscross of sorts. You know what I'm saying? They are. Think the man. And then when you're in your 40s, you just do what you want to do. You decide to either like, well, we'll talk about that when you're in your 40s. That's how I feel. No, I I, I agree. I agree with Justin in a lot of those. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say (laughs) too. A lot of those. Mm -hmm. I will say. A lot of them. mm -hmm, Okay. I will say too. There's something about it, and we have to be honest. People hit 35 in different ways. So yeah, because it's because for some people it's not that at all. I say some hard 35. (laughs) But I feel like there's something about that age where you start being like, okay, is this the career I want? Are these the friends I actually want to be around? Is this the partner I want? Like, you really start looking closely and more intentionally about everything that's happening. Because in your 20s, you kind of were allowed to fuck around. Early 30s, I feel like that's when you think you're grown Mm -hmm. and you're, like, trying to, you know, I have to have this, I have to have that. And then mid-30s, you realize, oh, I'm still a baby, okay? Like, I'm still figuring it out. (laughs) You realize how young 30 is. We were also scared to turn 30, which is so silly. And then you get there and you're like, no, I still have a lot of shit to figure out. But 35 is where you start really trying to be more intentional. Everything is fun to me. Yeah. (laughs) Intentional about like, what do I want my life to look like as I'm going towards my 40s? -hmm. You know, because, you know, in your 40s, Mm -hmm. you don't want to deal with a lot of bullshit. And my body to look like. Mm-hmm. that too you want to be in your career you want to be healthy you just want to be chilling you know and and kind of like stabilizing the decisions that you've made so i almost feel like you start trying to make less dumbass decisions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the second mm-hmm. half of your 30s you're like enough of that mm-hmm. i had that that fun i got to do that let me do shit that's like actually good for me and mm-hmm. right for me and feels good because i can still do that <laughs> the other shit you know what i'm saying 
Are you excited, Asante, about turning 35? I mean, yeah. Like, I've already... <laughs> I feel like I'm 35 already. I just started doing shit this year that I just don't do. Like, I... I go on trips. Like, I don't hesitate. Which I, I don't love. wait. You've been going on a lot of trips. I just, days. I go. Like, I don't got to answer nobody. My bills are paid. Like, I am taken care of. Family's good. Like, Amen. so I, I do what I want. Like, and I have to remind, I don't have to remind myself, but in these moments, I remind myself, like, I do whatever the fuck I want. Like, I do this. Mm-hmm. So do it. So I just literally do whatever I want. So now I'm at this point where it's like, all right, I'm doing whatever I want. Am I doing whatever I want everywhere that I want to do it? Like, where it makes sense. Like, with right. everybody. Top like, you, you know what I'm saying? And bottom if you want to bottom. Hey, now. Exactly. Choices, you know? <laughs> so hey it's now, like. Hey now. <laughs> don't do the bending. <laughs> They come, they go, <laughs> in the world between us. I love that song. From the LB all the way down to the G. <laughs> so I'm excited about 35. I've been excited about it. Like, Yay, I don't know what it was about this exciting. year. Like, like I, I started the year in Turks and Caicos. So it was like, I already okay. knew. Tone <laughs> set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Over there with Lisa year, like was fucking on Roxy. <laughs> Allegedly. Oh my God! Stop. Look, why are you playing? Allegedly, though? they have a bunch of islands out there, and they'd be like, "Yes, yeah, so many uninhabited islands." I was like, "So you mean I could buy an island? Like not just like a villa somewhere? I can give you a little imagine? island." Oh, look, I think thinking about it, thinking about it. Um, all right. So since this is my episode again, we're doing hot topics. The first topic was I'm turning 35, Thanks. so thank y'all for that. Um, I just want to talk about things that we. I just want to hear y'all's opinions on honestly. <laughs> like, I've been seeing these TikToks and uh, tweets too. Like, maybe y'all have seen them as well. Uh, y'all saw the Ice Spice thing. Uh, well, I have so many that I want to go through, but I really don't want to go through. Like, there are like two main ones that I have to go through. Um, okay, there was a TikTok of a one a young woman by the name of Jody TK. Uh, she or Jody K Tay. <laughs> Jody K. Tay. So Jody K. Tay basically is a young woman who lives in New York City or the metro area. She put up a video on TikTok talking about uh, surrounding commentary rather around Dumbo House and how Dumbo House has changed a little bit. Have you all seen this video or heard anything about this? No, no. I haven't. And, and I know y'all are familiar with Dumbo House, but after I play this for you and, and give the audience the clip, we will get into what the Dumbo House is or Soho House rather and why uh, they're related, what the conversation is how people are feeling, and then I want to know your thoughts on it as well. So, uh, Jody K. Tay, again, is her name, because I don't know why that's tongue-twisting me. Here's the clip for y'all. Dumbo House, and what is going on there? Because it is a crazy experience every time I go, and not in a good way. So for context, Soho House is a members-only club. They're all over the world, and I'm specifically talking about the one in Dumbo, and Interestingly enough, it is also the most diverse house. So I find all of this very coded and interesting, but they were having an SEX podcast like two or three Fridays ago. I just show up expecting a experience that you would expect at a members only club. And I've been a member for over a year. They're doing this podcast. They're talking about these very vile, illicit, misogynistic acts to to perform and do things that I could never say out loud. And then the DJ gets on the mic talking about, let's shoot this up. And then two Fridays ago, someone actually brought a a blicky, as you guys call it. But whatever, like it was just, it's insane. And not only is it like these really egregious acts, but just about every weekend, 
it's this sort of like list. There are these like Google forms that you can just put your name on and now you are automatically admitted entrance into this members only club. And it is crazy every time I go. I mean, people twerking, dancing on tables, fights breaking out. I've seen multiple fights break out in Dumbo House. Not only that, the food is not great at all. The drinks are not great. And I noticed that they started charging an automatic 20% gratuity, particularly when it's these black and brown parties, which is not their normal pricing structure, which is interesting. And I really hope this isn't coming off as being like elitist or any sort of ism. I am all for these sorts of events, so, parties, whatever. So, girl. Okay, Stop. so she put up a second video saying that the only reason she said that is because on TikTok you can't say... G but of all know. words to <laughs> and, look, and then she blamed it on being old. She's like, I'm old, y'all. <laughs> She's like, a blicky. <laughs> Girl, what? But, um, so she obviously is a paying member of this uh, institution, the, the Soho House, and she was speaking specifically on the Dumbo House. Now, we all know that the Soho House, it's the private club where people go to, there's a bit of exclusivity. They have uh, the no phone rule. They have, uh, you're not supposed to record in there and you're only supposed to be allowed to come in if you're a member and you're basically supposed to just be able to socialize at this, um, some might say, more elite establishment. Mm -hmm. You're familiar with the Soho House, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Been been to the Dumbo House specifically? Mm Mm-hmm. I haven't. I've been to the one in LA, but I haven't been to the one in LA. I've been to Dumbo House multiple times and I always have an amazing time every time I go. It's beautiful in there. It is one of the most diverse clubs there. Several of my friends have done DJ sets there. I've been in the private rooms in Dumbo House that you can't go to unless you can um, and have been <laughs> have been given the utmost privacy and security, secure feeling. The food is delicious. I love the prawns. I love the uh, pizza, the drinks. Not the prawns. <laughs> the drinks. You know, I think you're more so paying for the glass than anything else because they're heavy crystal glasses that they give you your drink in. But um, I, I don't know what she's talking about. And also, don't go. If you don't, if you, you know, if it's not the vibe Basically. for you, don't go. If you remember there, you can go to the other clubs. You can go to Dumbo, you can go to Soho House. <laughs> I'm gonna say what I wanna say. Fuck y'all, y'all can't go. <laughs> and more importantly, you can go to Ludlow House, which, spoiler alert, is the more fun one anyway out of all the ones in New York. So I don't even know what she's talking about. Um, she needs to get with the program. She looked like she can't dance. I don't know her personally, so maybe that's why <laughs> wow. she had an aversity to the twerking on tables or whatever, but and the DJ saying, you know, whatever. That's fun. People have a good time doing that. And as you can see in the video clip that she showed, people are having a good time. Like Dumbo House is fun. I've made business connections in Dumbo House. I've sat outdoors on the patio when it first opened. I've damn sure partied on the inside in the wintertime. It's always clean. The ba- the bathrooms are clean. So she just is, you know, she needs to get the stick out of her ass. And maybe that's what the problem is because Dumbo House is fun. Sorry. And if you don't like it so much, don't go. Don't, especially, it's a pay, you have to pay to be a member there. There's an annual fee that you have to pay. Right. Don't pay it <laughs> if you if it's not well, your vibe. That, I think that's her issue and why she feels like she is a lot to share commentary. She's a paying member and to see these parties that happen where sometimes these people that aren't paying members are coming up into the establishment to have these wild parties where they're talking about putting your blickies up. I'm sorry, it just sounds so funny <laughs> saying it, hearing it. Um, so, yeah, it sounds like she's unhappy with the riffraff that's being allowed into this members only 
establishment. I find all those establishments super cheesy, to be honest with you. (laughs) Every time I've gone, it's just everybody looking at each other like, oh, you know, it's just I find the concept of it weird. Like you have to be you have to apply Mm -hmm. to see if you're worthy of being allowed in. And then once you are, it becomes a who's there and who's sitting with whom. And all that to me is just people that need that some validation. kind of validation yeah validation attention is just such a weird odd experience anytime i've gone obviously you have fun because it's people you know right right you tend to go and see you know peers or people that uh you know from online or tv or whatever the case may be and i get the energetically like it can be cool because it's a place to just sit and talk and mm-hmm. network like dustin said if you're looking to connect but for the most part, the concept is cheesy. And I think people just want to feel special. So even her saying that, like, the riffraff is in here. It's like, girl, <laughs> don't go. <laughs> for real. You don't have to go. You know, if it's no longer uh, serving you, whatever the purpose was, you needed to have this members only <laughs> experience to begin with. It's changed. You know, there's yeah. and there's other place, there's other locations. Also, you know? go somewhere else. <laughs> Thank you. Go somewhere and get somebody else to do it. Then, <laughs> it's lest we not forget, it's called Dumbo because it's in downtown Brooklyn. So of course there is right. a different um, angle or slant to the way that they program it, which is what that's called. When they have parties of a certain style that play certain styles of music. That's intentional on behalf of the establishment to give it a different feel from the other houses in the area, like Ludlow and like Soho House. What are you talking about? Like, don't go. And when they have events, and this sounds like it's kind of separate, too. Like, when they have events, because I have seen that a lot of these houses have been partnering with podcasts, Mm -hmm. where now it's become another podcast venue. Mm -hmm. And anyone can come. It's not a, like, members-only thing. Like. Maybe the hosts are part of the venue, but whatever the case may be, anyone can come. So this sounds more like the event side <laughs> of it. Exactly. Than the more social side or networking side. So I don't know. She seems like she's just unhappy that it's blackening up. Yeah. Well, go to a white <laughs> so, club. Yeah, right. It's, it's funny, right? Because it does go come to the off Upper East Side girl. that way. And I mean, to everybody in that first video. So she put up a second video to clarify her comments. Like they always do. She did, right? (laughs) (laughs) You knew that was coming. Right. (laughs) After she said Blicky, I said apology tour on On the way. (laughs) (laughs) The Blicky was what got her. So um, this is again uh, Jody K. Commentary was definitely not on my bingo board for 2023, especially on Twitter. They are going in. But you know what? It's okay. I think it's actually a really amazing opportunity to have a healthy discourse around anti-Blackness and to also provide some clarity around what I actually meant. So to be clear, I was not policing or critiquing Black folks. I instead was critiquing the institution that I just don't think was doing a really great job of keeping us safe. And secondly, I do want to provide some clarity on two parts of the video that I think can be misconstrued and I'll also take ownership if it wasn't clear. So the first one was the video montage. It was right after the DJ said, let's shoot this up. I took that video and then 
put it in put it in my TikTok, but I can see how that can be misconstrued as like policing black folks and they're fun. And the second one is the term blicky. Y'all, that that did not go over well. But the reason why I said it is because on TikTok you can't say G-U-N. And so I said blicky, I'm also old, or whatever y'all call it, meaning whatever misnomer folks call it on this app because people use different euphemisms for G-U-N on this app uh, because you can't say that word on TikTok. So I hope that's clear. And if not, I take ownership for that. But what I found most interesting were a lot of inferences and logic leaps that actually weren't there. So I think a really good example is the person who allegedly brought this weapon is actually a celebrity. And I think there was this projection of an identity of someone who I was talking about that it actually was not aligned to who I was actually talking about. Uh, regardless of socioeconomic status, of celebrity status, of fame, of money, I think folks should not be able to brandish a weapon in a enclosed space, regardless of where it is. And I also think this conflation of anti-blackness, and I was really centering on, I feel unsafe by being in this space with guns, with fights. There's also unfair pricing and there's microaggressions in the pricing structure, particularly at black and brown parties. I felt accosted by this like pod Manosphere podcast that was talking about sexually explicit acts that they would perform, particularly on black women. And I found that interesting that saying and, and, and complaining about those things was then construed as being anti-black because I actually don't find any of those things tent poles or part of the black cultural experience or zeitgeist or like commentary. I never would conflate those two things. So I think it's really interesting that not wanting violence or wanting safety was then conflated with this sense of anti-blackness, which I'm very curious and I hope we can have a conversation around how those logic. I don't know. I feel like she's making it seem like her issue is more with the establishment, but I didn't take that first video that way. Mm -hmm. I felt like she was uncomfortable with the crowd mm -hmm. and who's normally there versus who's been there as of late. That's how I took it. Unless I heard wrong. I don't know how y'all took it, but now she's like, no, no, no. Yeah. It's about I the I, I told you, we all understood one thing happening. And so she responded. Because <laughs> it was like, I was under the impression as well. Like, it's when you're talking about, like, the, the Google Docs being released and pretty much anybody can get into the party and stuff. I'm like, well, girl, what? Like, I get that she's a paying member. And, and th I think that was one of the things that uh, a lot of people were just saying, like, well, she pays so she can have her opinion or, or complain. And I get that. I totally understand that. I think I just take issue with, and maybe this is just this is just how I am. People getting on social media <laughs> because that's why you're in this predicament, right, ma'am? And and I went to her TikTok, and she actually always like uh, puts up like you know ways to make be your best self or uh, marketing. Da -da -da -da. Like she's an influencer. Well, she's full so of shit. You know what I'm saying? And, but I don't <laughs> mind because. We all be full of shit sometimes, so, you know. Right, so this was a moment where she went viral, and she didn't actually mean to go viral, but it's like, you trying to go viral any damn way. So it's like, girl, now that you've gone viral, she had to figure out a way to, like, back it up and clean it up. And so there were some safe pockets in there for her to hop into, and I think that's what happened. Like, that's that's what I was reading into as I was looking and reading into it. All. I was like, so she She just... full of shit. <laughs> that part. Yeah. That part. Hey, you know, um, I'm just saying a bad person. She just full of shit. <laughs> 
She didn't think it was going to go viral. That's right. the problem. And once it did, <laughs> she tried like, to, oh, now the story changed. Let me clean that you up. You know, and then there were also boomerangs thrown back. And I asked, also, why are you looking at it that way? You know, when she did that, I'm like, oh, yeah, you, she, she full She's of shit. She's good. Yeah. She's good. <laughs> she full of shit. But she cool. I feel like she, you know, she could be all right. You know, she just full of shit. Oh, Woo. God. Yeah. I wonder if she knows the, never mind. <laughs> never mind. I was going to say, I wonder if she knows the ones that went over to, uh, that it moved and made the, made the ebook about it. But go ahead. No, 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 no. But you see, he's going to stop me. Moving right along. That's for the people that went to school. This is something else I saw on the twi- the tweet talk. I don't know if I saw it on Twitter or TikTok first <laughs> because it happened on both. The video is titled, I Got Seven Kids and Seven Baby Mamas. I saw that. Mm-hmm. You did see this. <laughs> you both saw this? Yes. Okay, great. So I don't have to play the whole thing. I can just play a little breezy clip. And then from there, we can just get into seven it. Seven baby mamas. Now, for the past few days, I've been going live, telling my story, speaking my truth. And a lot of women having an issue calling me a deadbeat because I tell them I was being irresponsible, yet not wearing protection. But I always tell uh, these women that I got pregnant that I do not want to be a father to these children. And I offer to pay for the abortion. Majority of times, they'll either take the abortion or they'll take a plan B. But only these seven have kept these children. But the crazy thing about it is they want me to be responsible for some children I told them I did not want. So for some years now, some of them been trying to get in contact with me, access denied, because I I don't really know why you're trying to get in contact with me. I didn't told you I did not want them kids. So don't expect me to be responsible financially, emotional, spiritually, mentally, or physically with some kids I do not want. Wow. And I don't give a fuck. Only these seven Only seven. This gentleman continues to say, but the crazy thing about it is they want me to be responsible for some children I told them I did not want. So for some years now, someone been trying to get in contact with me, access denied. Because I already know why you're trying to get in contact with me. I did. I didn't told you I didn't want them kids. So don't expect me to be financially responsible or emotionally responsible. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, um, like, like he was yelling at me, like, look, I'm telling you too, nigga. Like, whoa, wait You're a minute. Doing the Jackie so I'm Christie. Just the message. Oh, okay. <laughs> Literally that. I'm a boss. Um, he goes on to say, in in my opinion, women need to be more careful with who they sleep with. Oh um, my he also God, says these are just jump offs. What? <laughs> and then he says, I don't have any type of love for these women. Why would they expect me to love a, ch- a, a child? So wow. you're familiar with the video. Okay. What do you what do y'all feel about this gentleman? His opinions. Uh, what are your thoughts? He you said know, a lot of trash. Go I'm, ahead gonna you go. I'm gonna let you go <laughs> no, first, no, no, Randy, and then ahead, I got go it. I'm gonna let you go first, and you then sure? I got it. Yeah, ladies first. I'm let you go he first. He said a he said a lot of trash. Like you know, putting it on the woman. Like you got to be careful who you sleep with. This is a, a game of two. <laughs> you know, y'all both were being reckless, and there are consequences. And um, I think the only thing I will say, even though he's trash for all of this, and I cannot imagine having kids and not wanting anything to do with them, not even, you know, having interest, checking in. I will say the only thing is he did tell the woman 
the women what it was, you know? And that's the part that is a little complicated because if a man is telling you, I am going to be trash, <laughs> I am not going to take care of them. I'm not going to be a part of them. You cannot expect otherwise. And that's the part that's a little bit complicated for me. You know, like, I don't know what you're expecting of him. There are some men that will tell the women, I don't want to have this kid because they have the right to say that. The women will do it anyways, and they'll show up. You know, they'll step up. It might not have been the setup they wanted, but they'll step up because it's still their child and it's still yeah. a... Um, I hate saying consequence because it makes the kids sound like such a burden. But by definition, a consequence. By definition, this is the result. Let's say that. This is the result of this decision that was made, right? So men will step up anyway (laughs) and take care. (laughs) It was the choke. And income, okay? (laughs) So so they will do. So they. And they'll step up. You know what I'm saying? Um, but then there are the men that are like, I told you what it was and you can't force my hand. And I hate to say it, even though it's trash, because I can't, I personally can't imagine having a kid out there that I don't care about and take care of. But I also, we have to be accountable humans, people. Like, Let me tell you about this sorry ass it, nigga. <laughs> That right. said this ignorant ass shit on the internet. Wanting attention. Wanting attention. First of all, you a bitch for even putting this video out there and knowing the attention it was gonna That's get. The That's first what you part. were seeking. Mm-hmm. So we already know you got a little bitch in you. You know, you thirsty. You want the attention of going viral. And you're gonna make more videos. And that this is already a response to a response that you got in another video. The reason this nigga ain't shit is because not because he wasn't trying to procreate with someone, you know, and because he didn't want to procreate with a person. That's not what makes him a bad person. What makes him a bad person is when he says, shit, I ain't the one who got to carry no baby. Okay? Or saying that it's on her. Saying that it's literally on her because she's the one who has the womb that's going to grow the actual baby. Or who Mm -hmm. made the decision to keep it. And I'm sorry, but depending on what state you live in, you can force him to take care of that motherfucking baby. Because it's literally (laughs) illegal for him to evade fatherhood. You have a responsibility for 18 years, 18 years. Okay? You have that Mm -hmm. responsibility. If there was one that same same woman that you are the dehumanizing, demoralizing, disrespecting, um, um, completely just dismissing by by saying that that's on you since you can hold carry the baby, I ain't got to give a fuck and catch me if you can. Basically, I hope they do seven catch times. you seven times, seven times, seven times because he said these are the ones that decide to keep it. Only these is seven he does, right? Which I think scary. is a lie anyway because it's always an old average Joe looking ass nigga. You ain't sexy, you ain't fine, ain't nothing. You you a <laughs> you a nigga that probably get pussy, you know, after the club when somebody drunk and just. You oh got beer goggles, God. whatever. You're not no sexy nigga that's charismatic <laughs> and, and has a lot of options like that. So stop front. It ain't been a whole bunch of people. You probably seven seven women in your in your circle and radius of operation and motion, you know, that see you and move around and have low enough self-esteem to lay up naked with you and have a baby <laughs> have one on you. Okay. And that's on you. And I think it's really, really cowardice and 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 immoral to have such a perspective and share it with the world for the hopes of what 
What is his point in even sharing this? That's the part that I didn't understand. What was the goal? What's the point? You get what I'm saying? The point was to get the attention because he, he doesn't get it normally. He's other, probably is this short. Impress other men, like maybe know, he I, is gay. Who cares? I don't. I know <laughs> as far as the gay niggas, I know wouldn't fuck with him. Straight up. You know what I'm saying? He looked dusty, just like that video said. He looked like a bum sitting in that car. Like, I, like no. You know what I'm saying, my nigga? To me, he's just a terrible representation. And just like he said, he don't want people to black man and black man and black man. And don't worry. We won't. We don't want nothing to do with you. You don't represent black men whatsoever. Yeah. He's a stupid ass, ignorant ass nigga. Ignorant yeah. as fuck. And that's the problem. It's people like him who are, I'm glad he don't have nothing to do with them kids because they don't need an ignorant ass nigga like him advising them and, re- <laughs> right. and responsible for their care and safekeeping. Yeah. So I'm glad he's a fucking deadbeat. And I hope he get in an accident in that very car he made the video in. Dustin. <laughs> Thank you. What do you think of Sante? Um, very complex here to me, right. only because <laughs> there are a lot of conversations that I feel like this opened the door for, right? Like what? I don't, like, do you really want to just sleep with niggas you don't know like that? Like, like, just for me, I mean, for me as a gay man, like, you know, we got things to worry about, but certain things we ain't got to worry about. Having babies is one. So that's why I think to myself, like, I, it's hard for me to, like, weigh in on this because it's like, well, I already know. Y'all get the I'm, freely wild out. <laughs> I mean, look, and, and look, we, <laughs> look, we still, look, we, we still got a lookout, but we still going to wild out, okay? <laughs> um, so then I watch something like this, and I think to myself, it's hard to weigh in for me because none of my homegirls would even sleep with somebody like this. Mm. Or, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, I, I don't, like, this nigga, I don't know. I don't want to know. I, I look at this nigga, and I think to myself, the way that women will gang up on a woman and be like, you need to do something. Like, I want, I wish men would watch videos like this and gang up on niggas like this. Like, they'd be like, this nigga done. We got to go beat this nigga ass in the streets. But obviously, that's never going to happen. Because George so is still myself, walking around. It's still hobbling around. Child. Right. So, like, when I watch him, I just think, like, you know what? At least you're being upfront and honest. I just wish you would be intentional and say, you know what? I need to find women that either can't have kids or, like, like just be... Man, this is like, like he thinks he's, he, he thinks he's right, but he's wrong. So it's like if you think you're gonna be right, like try to actually be like all the way right, even though you still being niggerish. Like I don't know. Like I think that's my whole problem. It's like you just being a nigga and you being a whack nigga, and it's dumb. This is one of them and things where there's not there's a right and a wrong. That's it. It's only one side of this shit to be on. This is not about a person not wanting children. This is about a person not wanting kids. Still doing, still being irresponsible. He's an irresponsible person, and he's a terrible, terrible person. He's not a man. He doesn't represent black manhood whatsoever. He's a, he's literally a bumbling fool. He is an idiot. And there's no right, there's nothing right about anything that he fucking said in that video. And and people can miss me with that. Well, he got a right to his opinion. No, he don't. He's wrong as fuck. That is wrong. That is inhumane to to not father a child, to not parent a child that you fathered. That's crazy as fuck. Like it's and then yeah. and then to just willfully and, and knowingly like put all the responsibility on the, the mama who mm. already was down bad enough to be fucking with a nigga like you anyway. Please. Right. Like he is a he is a that nigga is an embarrassment, but I don't feel no 
But I don't feel responsible for his ass because he ain't nothing like me and nobody I motherfucking know. All the men in my, I know in my life <laughs> right, that's is responsible. Like, I don't even know how to like wrap my head around this type of nigga because everything mm-hmm. he's saying that he thinks he's being like, you know, I'm keeping it G. It's like you're you got being dumb, You got like, racist ass white people that's seeing this video floating around on the internet right now while this is perpetrating these racist ass stereotypes that they love to run with that black people don't, black men don't want to be fathers, all that shit. This is horrible. There's nothing yeah. good about him making this fucking video. Nothing. That's and on top that's of that, so he ain't cute. He did it. But there are <laughs> niggas that are going to watch. There are niggas that are going to watch and they're going to be like, you, I feel you, bro. Like, Which you makes it even worse <laughs> that he made it. That's why I'm saying. like that. I, there's so many complex conversations to be had around this because the people that see right in him, I, I wonder, like, what do you see that's right or why can't you see what's wrong? I can tell I you what that's they why see that's right avoiding responsibility and getting away with with not having to do what you got to do and being lazy and irresponsible they those are the people that that will appeal to people who don't want to be accountable for the things that they're supposed to people who don't give a fuck the about being that they should be a good up. person you know yeah. what i'm saying the the dregs of society that's who that's going to appeal to remember i told you that i uh there was something they're not completely related <clears throat> Never mind, i'm not going to bring it up well you might as well say it now <laughs> no, it, it was it was related to something you'll talk about later on in the TV Land segment. It just makes me think of, I don't want to say that he is, or I don't want to say Giselle is as bad as this man, but when somebody can be, like, disgusting and they think that they're, they're just being regular, like, that always, like, interests me. Mm. Like, not in a, like, a... Like, do you know what I'm trying to say, Dustin? Because I don't well, want to get into it at all. Because I don't think that he thinks that what he's saying is right. I think he knows that what he's saying is so controversial and so unheard of and unexpected that it's going to garner the attention he's looking for. Attention. He doesn't feel like that. He knows how fucked up he is, which makes it even more um, infuriating for me. Because, nigga, you know what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? So I I don't fall for it to me. Like, no, you know exactly what you're doing by putting some shit like this into the universe and into out for people to consume. You know exactly what the fuck you're doing. Exactly. I feel so bad for the women that have to like be attached to him in mm-hmm. any capacity. That's his mom, like, his mama, oh. his motherfucking grandmama. Uh, well, his too. sisters, <laughs> you know, his fucking nieces, if he's blessed to have any, if he's blessed to have any relatives living the way he living. You know what I'm saying? Because if Kanye and it's tricky, because it's like, like we said earlier, in a way, I'm glad he's not in the kids' lives. You know, I remember right. my aunt said that to me once because my dad is mm-hmm. one of those that opted out, mm-hmm. and my aunt was like, "Girl, trust me, <laughs> <laughs> you are living a much better life without his crazy Bless ass." Her heart. It's for, for, yeah, and it's her own brother. Way. Yeah, and I remember she was so, she kept this so real with me. She was like, "I don't think you would have had the life you have." Not saying that it's been easy, but just it would have been harder with his energy, you know, his opinions, his contribution mentally and energetically. And I remember thinking, damn, that's crazy because sometimes you think you're missing out, you know, but it was probably the best <laughs> for the fucking best. True. So that's all I think about these kids. Hearing him talk like that so freely, just about not caring. That's the part that's really sad. And I think about that. Yeah. I thought about that. If I'm, we're speaking like freely. Imagine, that being, imagine me seeing my dad on TikTok. Friend. Like being that. like, fuck them kids. I would be like, wow, yeah. what the hell? I'm a lot of things, right? But when mm-hmm. you it comes to just being a bad person, my nigga, like that, I just cannot get with that kind of yeah. shit whatsoever. And that with, like, nigga is fucked up. And standing ten toes down, I think is crazy. That's fucked up. 
tired like, about you it. You just cannot, you cannot live like that. Like you can't. Yeah. That's the part that fucks with me though. Like when people talk like with such conviction, like they're right or like you, like he not believes it. Just the fact that he thinks what he's saying is appropriate. I'm just like, this really is like, that's why I try to wrap my head around because like you're saying, the kids, if they watch this later, which obviously is going to come back up or it's going to get of lost course. in the internet resurface at the, the random time. We don't know how old kids With are. a dyed beard. You a bitch. Oh, you on the internet trying to get likes with a dyed beard. <laughs> and like I said, it's a complicated conversation because really this comes down to accountability for both parties. True. But, but like, let's part- be real here. It's, it's the risk that you take. But... Man, somebody got to take care of the baby, it, though. No, and that's what I'm saying. Once that's what I'm saying is the risk you take. And once the baby's here for you to be talking about it this way is a part that I think is so upsetting. Inhumane. Literally. And then inhumane. that many times it's like, wow, bro. You know, that's but crazy. I don't know. It's a, it, to me, it's a complicated conversation that he's just made very, very muddy with <laughs> his he video. Fucked up, man. He, he's a yeah. piece of shit dog like that. That's not manhood. That's terrible. Um, I only fuck. I, I I come from some real niggas. You know what I'm saying? And they don't do. <laughs> they don't move like that. Yeah. I don't know nothing about that kind of. And shit. that's that's also something that like really. <clears throat> I don't know what hood reform looks like, but the hood needs to have a conversation as well. Yeah. Like, but this hood. isn't just the hood, though. Well, he's not. There's, well, he's not. Yeah. I don't even I'm know like, if he's that hood. Ain't no hood shit. That's I'm just, just saying. A lot you know of how many men. motherfucking white executive deadbeat baby daddy ass men are running around. That ain't I don't no care hood about the white shit. People. Elon Musk. <laughs> right. Allegedly. I'm I'm just saying black people as a whole, we need to have conversations about how or we actually need to put out more because we talk about how we're seeing as like loving each other and we're having more conversations about men just being able to hug each other and shit like that. The way we talk about men being fathers now and how <laughs> platonic relationships. Like uh, the way that we the way that we show men, uh, showcase men as fathers, like we we had like a a run of like well, we were seeing a lot of those movies at one point, like daddy's girls and all that. So it's like I just want the conversation to be reintroduced that if we talk about like old storylines where niggas were like you know had a lot of kids or whatever, those niggas were hustling to take care of all of those kids. Like those niggas weren't just like all right, well I got a lot of babies, fuck them babies. Like those niggas actually was like all right, well because you know they were always. This this is not good. Maybe maybe they shouldn't romanticize it. But for me, the movies I felt like I watched they were romanticizing like niggas having like four or five you know different fine ass baby mamas and how they were <laughs> just going out their way and doing everything <laughs> in their power to take care of them. Kids. I don't see that so wrong like, with that. Look, I don't either. So it's like, why can't we get back to that type of story? Like, well, like, no, like, that was I in the this. binge when we were talking about baby mamas. <laughs> Remember <laughs> that's. <laughs> You know, like I, like that. That's it. Was like I can see him, you know, me with two or three. Yeah, and I, <laughs> like, you like know, me and my like baby life. mamas would be tight as fuck. Y'all Dude, be at the y'all be at the amusement park. <laughs> we would we would be we would we would always have each other's back and like well me and each one you know what I'm saying because they wouldn't have a relationship with each other I ain't this ain't that no you didn't but Why me not? and each one of my baby no I mean they could be cool because they the, all the children would be together but it wouldn't be like right, you know you we pick all each other no up no and... no but me and each one of my baby mamas I we would be I would look out for them I would make sure that they wouldn't be well, having to ask to, me for yeah. shit I would make because my kids over there shit. I would make mm-hmm. sure my kids was right, and I would always want her to keep my secrets. So I would make sure that she was straight, <laughs> always. Mad Think about it. Like I know some, I know some, I know some, <laughs> I know some women who have very loyal relationships, and not they not fucking them. 
You know what I'm saying? But just mm-hmm. like they have a strong bond. A genuine with the, bond, With yeah. the fathers Agreed. and their children. And they, they all, yeah. both going on to be married and all that shit. But that's mm-hmm. some real shit. And as yeah. long as you handle mm-hmm. your business, like, that's a beautiful thing. You know what I'm saying? That's how mm-hmm. it should be, Because when yeah. the one kick you got, you can... You, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I'm like that little thing in the pinball machine. They go like this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um... <laughs> Hey, HBCU fam, get ready to turn up the energy. McDonald's and the Thurgood Marshall College Fund have $1 million in scholarships at 53 HBCUs for 66 brilliant students. This year, you could be one of them, but time is running out. Did we mention the $1 million in scholarships? Apply by March 27th at tmcf.org. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. I am going to move on to a topic that I feel like we should just discuss, maybe, just because why not? Um, Chris Rock has uh, dropped his Netflix special yeah. selective outrage. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Do I have to say anything else? What is... Why is it... <laughs> Let me tell you something about Chris Rock with his Amorosa looking at 10 minutes you... of it. <laughs> what did you call it? He looked like Amarosa. Now, I don't know stop, what happened. I don't know. Stop, what stop. I said, wait, I said how wait, hard did Will wait. hit him that all the weight in his face is gone? He's, he's gaunt now in the face. I was like, well, what the fuck it's happened to Chris stressed. Rock? Maybe stressed. that is. You know what I'm saying? But my thing is this, right? That was embarrassing as fuck. It was embarrassing. And at the end of the day, Will should not have slapped him. Do I? Am I demoralizing Will Smith? Am I even mad at Will Smith at all? No. Because he felt right. justified because that nigga was talking about his wife on stage at the Oscars. I get both sides, okay? Here's my thing. If you're going to talk about it or whatever, at least be funny. None of the jokes <laughs> landed. Um, it was, it was the laziest, most low-hanging uh, fruit of joke choices to be made. I write jokes, so I know what I'm talking about. I'm by nowhere on the level of a Chris Rock dud. But I know what I'm talking about, and that shit wasn't funny. In addition to him having really poor, uh, really uh, jokes and really poor taste about Meghan Markle and the royal family and the racism she faced. To me, this was straight up pandering to white audiences and it was sad to see him go out like that. Damn. I didn't watch enough of it to have an opinion. (laughs) (laughs) But the 10 minutes I did watch, I I don't know. You know what was weird to me? All... But then I was like, do people do that for comedy specials? Like all the celebs, mm-hmm. like bigging him up. Or was mm-hmm. like, I'm like, did he just need that to kind of show Will, like, look at all my friends? At the beginning, or, that's it. They do. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, it was that usual. Cause that's, I don't that's usual for like live. Okay. So then I, I take that back. <laughs> Mary J. Blige did a show at the House of Blues on like a DVD. And in the mm-hmm. beginning, it was like all these celebrities. 
that were coming in like, we love the queen. She's such a beautiful. Okay, so like, well, yeah. then I take it back because for me, I perceived it like he no, was showing like everybody that, that was on his side. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what like, it felt like. These are all the people that are like, fuck you, Will. That's yep. how I took it. And I was like, ew. But maybe that's not what that was. It's just how I took it. But I didn't find it funny. And I like Chris Rock. I, I feel like I... I He's one of the comedians. I won't say he's like my fave, but I've always watched his stuff and I'll definitely laugh. I find him funny. He's interesting. Same until I keep seeing this clip circulating of him talking about the word nigger with Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, with all the white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and that that redhead um, Jezebel white man was sitting next to him. (laughs) Looking like, yeah, looking like, looking like, uh, looking like like one of the heart cards in the, looking like a Murdoch, a Jack of Car, a Jack of Hearts. Yeah, looking like a Murdoch, looking like a swashbuckling magically the little ass motherfucker gonna sit there saying the word nigger. Well, we say nigger on stage. Yeah, Yeah. that all of that. Yeah, miss me with it. You know what I'm I'm saying? Miss me with the bullshit. This is an episode about a bunch of bitch ass niggas to me. <laughs> I'm just telling y'all that's where I'm at with it. Oh, what'd you think, Asante? I have no opinion. I just wanted to hear y'all stop. No, on. you didn't. No, for real. I didn't watch. <laughs> I don't care about. I mean, my opinion of the of him being able to respond and retaliate, you know, that's cool that he can. But I think the point is just be funny, as Dustin said. So like if I didn't hear that it was funny, and I think that's where I was like, all right, well. Like people that I, you normally I hear stuff from people and I'm like, all right, well, let me go watch. But I didn't hear that was from me, funny from anybody. So I was like, well, I'll watch it at some other point, but I just didn't watch. And I, and I understood from a business perspective why Netflix would give him this, you know, live sure. show. And in the sense that it's like, oh, everybody's waiting to hear what he's going to say. Okay, I mm-hmm. get that. But then it's kind of unfortunate that they low key like wasted this cool concept of a live comedy shit. set. Yeah, on this one, I'm sure there are way more, way funnier sets and people who were more deserving of that technology in that moment. That's all I kept thinking. Like, this would have been cool for, I don't know who, for Dustin Ross, <laughs> <laughs> as he points to himself on the screen. Me, but you and I want Aries Harris to open mm-hmm. up for me. Oh my God. <laughs> She gonna sing uh, <laughs> the Star Spangled Banner for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Eris, but anyway, back She's on track. Adorable. But yeah. you feel me, right? Like I feel like it was a cool concept that got used to promote this thing, and it just seemed like a waste. You know who was mad as hell, even though they got they just do. You know who was mad, Monique. Mm-hmm. Chris Rock <laughs> got twenty million dollars. Amy Schumer got. You know what I'm saying? You know she was mad. But I love yeah. Monique, and I can't wait to watch her stand-up special either. It's coming up soon, right? Mm-hmm. On yeah. Netflix. She's like, can y'all believe this shit? Can y'all believe this shit? <laughs> that was cute. I actually thought yeah. that was cute. Love Because she's love, funny love, at the end of the day. She tried to skate around it. Nothing yep. brought it right in. You know they're going to get some jokes at the top of that, mm-hmm. or not all throughout. Um, <clears throat> well... I don't want to talk about anything else other than this one last thing because I didn't tell you about a key thing from my weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, last hot topic, because I want to have a conversation about certain things, but I went to Philly on Wednesday to prepare to see an artist because y'all know I travel to see artists because why not, right? And again, we had the conversation about being grown, how I get up and do whatever I want. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do whatever I want. I want to go see the show. I'm going to go see the show. I decided to go see SZA live in Philly, right? 
SZA won the Woman of the Year Award from Billboard uh, on Wednesday night. Congrats yes, to her. Yes, congratulations, hey. SZA. And then proceeded to cancel her show for Thursday evening in Philly. Oh, shit. <laughs> so I went to Philly. I did not get to see SZA, and I was very upset about it. Wow. But I did not go to tweeting as I would because I know better than that. But emotionally, I was about to start. <clears throat> so all I said was no tweets, SZA, because she didn't tweet anything for like that first half of the day because I'm sure she didn't know what to tweet or maybe the time difference because she was in L.A. West Coast. Anyway... It was just upsetting because later that night when she was supposed to perform, her show opener still did a show in New York and was like, uh, this one goes out to Philly or, or shout out to Philly, sorry, or something like that. So it made everybody upset. <laughs> um, I want to just take a moment before I talk about uh, the pot of gold at the end of this rainbow that actually did occur. And who was the show opener? Not to interrupt you. Uh, Omar, Omar, Omar Apollo. Apollo. Okay. Uh, Omar Apollo. So. Uh, yeah, shout out to Omar Apollo. But Thursday night, I was on Twitter and I was just reading a lot about what the fans had to say. And it's very sad because I have to sit back and thank the Lord Jesus that I am blessed and I can just take a trip to Philly and say, you know what? Well, we in Philly, fuck it, we ball and just do whatever I want. It just sucks for the fans that travel specifically for one thing and they take off work and they can't. Yeah, they can't cancel their hotels. They may have to stay a couple of days, three days after the show. It was just very, very sad to see all the people that were upset that they got to, uh, that they had to miss the show. And the show was uh, postponed. And apparently, I don't have the exact date, but I was, I've been told that the show's postponed until 2025 uh, for Philly. Whoa. Um, what? So. You died. <laughs> That's what I, I've heard. Okay, now so she's just, bugging. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right, right, right. So I just wanted to take a moment because things like this, when they're upsetting, it, it really stresses and tests what type of fan you are and who you want to be and who you could be. And really ain't none of that your business because you could just move on and, and why the fuck like, should you stay? But I just want to take a moment to any industry execs listening because this is a problem that starts with you all. This starts with whoever is in charge of putting the tour together. All of that, like none of this is SZA's fault. It's not her problem. This is y'all's fault. And because of y'all, y'all mess up the name and people get mad and they at SZA or they stop showing up or whatever. So y'all have to tighten this shit up because when the dates were first released, I hesitated to buy tickets. Well, I hesitated to buy tickets because I needed the Beyonce dates uh, to drop first. So when the tickets first came out, I didn't buy them. I was like, I need to know what Beyonce's finna do. And she did. So once I was blessed with Beyonce, I said we can double back to SZA. As I was looking at the tour dates of SZA, I remember initially not buying uh, this particular date in Philly because I remember she had a date before in Inglewood, um, which I think she did at the, I don't know if she performed at the awards or some uh, uh, a prior engagement. She performed on the West Coast the night before. I just knew that I thought it would be weird for her to make it all the way, like to perform in like DC and Boston on like Monday, Tuesday, then have to go to the West coast to perform, which I guess cause she had to get her award and then come back Thursday and then do Matt MSG Saturday, Sunday. So when mm-hmm. people are planning these tours out, like, like though it, it was somebody ahead of the game that should have said, all right, well, since, you know, this is happening and on the West coast, we need to push some of these dates around in a different way. They did not do that. And because of that, I think that is part of what, the issue could have been it may not have been the issue she may have just woke up and said fucking i ain't doing it whatever i don't know what happened but it starts with you all y'all have a, 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 a you basically have 
responsibility to the fans and the people that are going to be attending these shows to make sure that we have optimal engagement when we arrive. Because when I say I left Philly thinking, damn, I guess I'm not going to see SZA live this, this go around until Mandy hit me up and said, we can go see SZA on Sunday. And me and Mandy went to see SZA on Sunday. And when I tell you, uh, so she had a hookup um, because, you know, she is talent. She had a talent portal. She could buy some tickets through. Mm. I don't know. And then this is still in Philly. No, but so this is for New York. Oh, okay. So so she tells me, uh, because SZA's performing at MSG on Saturday, Sunday. So SZA canceled her Philly Philly date, went on about her business, but she still performed on Saturday, Sunday. Saturday MSG Cardi came out. It was cute. She did tomorrow too. I wasn't there for that day. Oh. That and hot, but uh, it was. It's cute that Cardi's still popping out. You know, she's got the endorsement on her Offset, the McDonald's Happy Meal. Mm-hmm. So good to see Cardi still out here performing too, and outside of her community service, you know, servicing the fans. Um, I <clears throat> got to see her perform live on Sunday. Says that I did uh, along with Mandy, and I just have a few things that I have to say. Hey, Mandy had uh she had opinions about SZA's newest album or latest album SOS so it was funny watching Mandy respond to so many of the songs that SZA performed from the uh, SOS album uh so positively not even just because she liked them (laughs) but it was just funny that I was like I was like I knew that you liked this album I knew that she was a secret hater but she wasn't a secret hater she just said she had problems with some of the content of the album which was very real because as me and Mandy since we have been talking about aging um, as me and Mandy went to the concert, a lot of the audience was of a particular age, as expected. And um, it smelled like Victoria's Secret love spell in there. And uh, a lot of the young girls were dressed like the Spice Girls or Clueless. Um, it was very, I wasn't supposed to be there at that show. But also it was very cool to see SZA, this Black woman, <laughs> with all these, I mean, obviously her audience is going to be mixed, but with all these people filling up Madison Square Garden for her motherfucking ass. But she performed um, most of her songs from SOS along with some selections from Control. It was great to watch this perform. She had a great set, like, uh, just design-wise, like, a lot of screens, lifting screens. There was, like, a lighthouse out um, in the audience. At one point, she got on, like, a raft, and the raft, like, floated and, like, (laughs) went around the audience as Mm. she sang some a couple songs. And then landed back on the stage as she continued uh, to dance and um, give us a show. So, I, as a fan with privilege, got to still see SZA. And I saw that some fans uh, from Philly actually made it out to New York because they have this thing where they do overflow tickets or or something to that effect where you can buy uh, cancel tickets. That line was long waiting. I don't know how many of those people actually made it into the show. I pray for everybody because fan life is hard. There are certain (laughs) things that I would only do for certain people, but I really probably am just bluffing when I say that. Unless they really put me to the test. Like, Beyonce has really put me to the test, but I'm going to stretch that wallet for her regardless. But, like, I am going to see who I want to see, and seeing SZA, um, see SZA run. Uh, seeing SZA alive, again, was amazing because I've seen her throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Seeing the growth was dope. Seeing how expensive her set was was amazing. And seeing all of the audience know all of the songs and just vibe with her the entire time was super dope. So shout out to SZA um your team i just want y'all to take note on that thing and maybe send me something for you know helping y'all out but um i did get my merch which was my main reason for oh, wanting to be there. you know mm-hmm. the you know so if y'all are on her team and y'all want to send me something specifically i'm trying to get that the, the uh the jersey you know the, the, the scissor jersey <laughs> but that's it um i don't know if you guys have any opinions that you want to weigh in as far as artists and uh show cancellations if you've ever experienced such uh 
if you've ever seen that happen to other people because it was it wasn't funny but it's funny that i've seen things like this happen to other people and i've never thought that it could be it could happen to me until it's happened because you know whenever you buy tickets or flight tickets bus tickets whatever tickets they always want you to get some insurance i don't be getting that insurance i'd be like well if i'm buying i'm going yeah and this was one time where i really wish i would have just got the insurance because I don't know if that would have helped me get my money back faster because I'm still waiting on that, but I am getting my money back. Well, I've never experienced it. <laughs> I tell you what, it, well, how I feel about it. Like a concert getting canceled like that the day of is one of those fucked up parts of life because it forces you to be mature. It's one of the worst parts about adult, like like things in life that you can't do nothing about and you just gotta right. fucking suck it up. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. And it really sucks even more because you still love the artist. You don't give a damn as as long as they're still healthy and alive. You don't give a fuck why they canceled. You mad as hell they canceled the show. <laughs> and it's nothing you right. can do about it. So it's just one right. of those fucked up parts of life that you just have to suck up and deal with. You get over it eventually, but a part of you will always be mad as hell about that. And you still get that burning hot sensation feeling <laughs> on the inside when you think about how fucking mad. You know what it's like? Like how when Beyonce be losing album of the year or whatever, and you be so motherfucking mad, like, and ain't nothing you can do about it because there's nothing you can do. It is what it is. And it's one of them things like that. Yeah. I mean, I I could imagine. Imagine me flying to, um, buying flights to London. Hey, Cleo Soul ass. (laughs) Flight to London, transportation, hotel. I mean, you spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And then, she is canceled and then both things can be true i could be pissed as a motherfucker but also hoping she's okay yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah and you know that's just what it is but i can't imagine the people that spend like thousands and Ooh. scissor tickets was expensive too and it's just lost like them tickets was not cheap mm-hmm. and, and for whatever reason it, the fees that's the other thing these, too, those tickets these fees expensive. been adding up i don't know why but people i saw in the mentions uh they had driven up there some people had flown and so just to get that message and Ooh. some people didn't even get a message from you know the uh, venue or whatever no the show so they just went and then we're like what some <laughs> people were just already in town it was crazy just seeing people all around us because you know for me i was like well i'm in philly so i'm still gonna do what i do and so and just seeing like random home, fans you all could around. literally just gone back right mm-hmm. it's like that that amtrak was it's twenty dollars <laughs> let's just first of all let's talk about the amtrak just for one brief moment People, when you buy a ticket to the Amtrak, pay attention to what car you're in or what your ticket says, because some of these Amtraks, they do seating assignments now, right? Mm -hmm. The Acela and the business class ones, yeah. I got trapped with a white woman that was sitting in her wrong seat, (laughs) and then two other white women, another who was sitting in her wrong seat, but she was trying to talk her way into the other seat. And then because they were coworkers, they would not shut the hell up, but I was in the quiet car. And so I just want to give a quick thank you to the it's conductor, Justin. The train, trying to find your car. You ever get that little anxiety when you go down oh, the yeah. steps, oh. and then you're like, okay, okay, which one is that? And, and you running around, you're like, oh, <laughs> which side? <laughs> oh, I hope I get a seat. Hope I don't miss and it. You the door so anxious, thinking it's going close, and then you went in the wrong car. Like this is strange train anxiety that I always get. I hate that feeling, and I can understand how you'd be like, fuck it, and just go into the first section of first seat you see. <laughs> I get it. But I don't be, I don't know. For me, it's simple. Like, you know, it tells you on there, like, this is where you go. 
this is your seat. So I just go up to the first Some person I see in uniform. Like, what's up? This one is right here, right? They'd be like, yeah, be like, all right. And I go on down there. That's it. And they have a beautiful well, new train hall up. here in New York. Um, right Man, next to, yeah. yeah, right next to Penn Station. It's part of Penn Station. But it's gorgeous. It's very easy to navigate. Um, and you it know, real yeah, nice. so that DC, Philly shit from um, New York, boom, boom, boom. Bang. Aww, it's so I remember easy. those days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> y'all just need to pay attention if y'all on the quiet car to be quiet because them two white women trying to have their meeting was just. Oh, I, no. But, but again, special thank you to the conductor, uh, ticket uh, taker, Justin. He was just doing his thing by telling them to be quiet, and I really appreciate it. The <laughs> only <laughs> thing I got to say about the train and train etiquette, right? Mm. You know how the stinky food. Oh, the oh, food. I've never had the oh. food. Don't sit. No, not the food on the train. Like, like, don't come get on the train and then open a, a, a chicken marsala or something. You know what I'm saying? Start <laughs> eating it right there in front of everybody. We that got a brand scene on we got a, this, That would be me. On my way back from, uh, where was I coming from? D.C. I was coming Ross. from D.C. on I'm the way home. Good. And it was a, it was a, a, a lady <laughs> across from me. She had mm-hmm. cool jewelry on. Uh, she had a cute face. She Me. was a little heavy set. You know what I'm saying? Like she was cool. <laughs> she was cool. And then this guy got on, like in the next city or whatever. Uh, we was on the uh, we was on the business, whatever. This guy got on in the next city. He sat down. And he opened up his food. It was like rice and chicken with brown sauce yes. and all this shit. And he had like all this silverware. And I looked up and the, yes. girls, the girl sitting across from me go look at me like and look up, look up her eyes at me. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I kind of started laughing or whatever. But he was eating loud and we could all yep. smell. It's just too mm-hmm. close quarters for me to smell your quinoa. You know what I'm That's saying? Your like, fault for not packing a good a good can of ozium spray to take that <laughs> that odor out the air. Because if I start fanning and making you uncomfortable again, saying stuff, God damn, you know, if I start doing all that, you know what I'm saying? Then everybody gets uncomfortable. So it's just I'm for me person. like eat before you get on the train. What's wrong? Like, doesn't everybody do that? You use the bathroom Sometimes and you your eat schedule before doesn't you allow for that. You gotta you eat make you your eat. own schedule, Francesca. <laughs> <laughs> You make your own schedule. So I don't want to hear that. And one I'm that thing, person friend, on the flight too. Friend, as easeful as your life is, I know you eat before you get on the train. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that shit. Like, don't do uh, we don't need no smells when we when we so god fucking goddamn close to each other. We don't need no goddamn and smells. For hours at that. Oh my People god. They do not be caring. They do not be caring. Oh, I do. Okay, right hand. I, know, I mean, I, I hate. I'm just, that. I'm just saying, like, when the people get on the train, they just do not be can't. Like, I feel like the train. Are they getting public, up and down? Sit your your grown motherfucking ass. If you don't go piss before you get on the train, <laughs> you know what you about to do. Use the bathroom people just before. Don't have any sense, or 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 like or like maybe friend was saying, people just be running out of time to do certain things. I don't know, but like everyone is always not everyone, but there's always a larger group of people that are frazzled on the train. I feel like like when I get on. I got my iPad and my headphones and I try to keep my head down, but I always see like people shuffling around or doing extra stuff. And I'm just like, can't people with children, I give all the grace in the world because when you're responsible for somebody else's care, you don't have time to plan. You you don't have the option to plan ahead. So like, I get that. But grown ass, single ass motherfucking people, you know what I'm saying? Who could have ate first, friend? Who could (laughs) have used the bathroom first? You know what I'm saying? Wash your hands. Like me, just call it what you want. 
I'm going to eat first. I'm going to use the bathroom first. I'm going to wash my hands. I don't want my hands smelling like food. I'm going to use some or weed. So I'm going to use hand sanitizer. I'm going to be all I'm going to be next to you eating Boston Market. <laughs> See, for- <laughs> <laughs> and I'm taking both armrests. <laughs> that's, that's the problem. <laughs> I feel that way about the bathroom. I understand when you got to go, you got to go. But there's something so wild to me about people that will take a whole shit and blow up a bus, a car, like a train car. It's just like, it's something about it. And I get it. It's It's like, what are you supposed to do? Like, not shit if you have to go. But it's just like, bro, that smell. Especially when you remember when we used to take the bus, um, the, the, the mega bus. bus, yeah, the, the China mega bus, bus, the mega China bus, bus to go to bus. DC when we would go to yep. Broccoli City. Yep, yep. <laughs> and the smells on we that shared, bus. We shared a room and we didn't have to deal with no smells, so you can't tell what can be done. <laughs> two two grown ass oh, men and a woman. I remember three? Because yeah, three was with three. us. Oh yeah, that was four of us sharing the hotel room. Oh, remember those days? <laughs> oh, yeah, they gone, honey. But I like. <laughs> <laughs> we are now. Now we be having four sweets. Okay, <laughs> but anyway, uh, it was fun though. It but was, yeah, that's it, probably the only thing that I just get a little side eyeish about. Like, come on, bro, that's that's harmful and nasty. Why would you want to <laughs> feel like you just used the bathroom in the butt on a damn plane or bus or train? That's nasty. And you such close a, quarters. Ugh, ah, and ugh. I would be embarrassed when you come out. <laughs> Everybody's looking up at you like, wow. You really? have to be responsible. If I'm, when I'm flying from New York to L.A. or whatever, I plan to be sleep the whole flight. So I'm not. I'm going to eat enough to where I'm not going to be hungry and wake up, but I'm not going to eat enough to where I'm going to be too full and have to, you know, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck. I, you have to be responsible and plan like that. Like, you should want to be comfortable. I plan to be comfortable. <laughs> You know, that's and what we the know planning is about. Y'all be knocked the fuck out. Yeah, Michelle, shout in. out to Michelle. Oh, shout yes. out to Michelle. <laughs> well, that is it for this week's version hey. of Hot Topics, aka Asante just needed to make it through the day. <laughs> <laughs> the last topic was really about scissors before we got into talking about the toilet stuff. But mm-hmm. for more music news, we will come back in the Music Man segment. But for now, we will be moving on to the wellness segment. Hey, so, hey, friend, hey. it's time right to in. bring in those wind chimes. Bring them in. So, first, I actually want to thank those of you. Yo, so many people joined our Patreon. <laughs> we want to thank you. Right, so cute. Um, I guess a lot of y'all wanted to see Nikki's makeup tips, and Mm -hmm. me and and uh and Kia just kind of hanging. So many of you were like, "Thank you," and leaving awesome comments. A lot of really great engagement. I'm happy that y'all found the video helpful. And like I said, Nikki's (laughs) definitely fun as hell. Love you, Nikki, and we love you so much, Nikki. We're gonna figure out, you know, her stuff so that she has a way to provide you guys the services that you're looking for, especially in the way that she can teach it. Um, and the second thing, I wanted to thank those of you who so, who left so much love and support with the podcast that I mentioned last week, Living for We, yes. right? Which mm-hmm. is my newest show with NPR Idea Stream. So excited NPR. about that. I know, so cute. But that's actually what I wanted to do today because the first episode is out. And a lot of people had so much to say. There was so much energy around it. And here's the reality of it. This is a black podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's about black women. Mm -hmm. 
is produced by black women. The researchers are, well, half black women. The, um, I'm like half of the team, you know. They there. The, they there. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of black women that are on every part of this. The guests, I mean, the, the hosts, you know. So producer, hello. So it's it's beautiful, but it makes it that much harder to make sure that people are listening to it. Because let's be real, the whole globe is not going to be inclined to click a podcast about black women that specifically that's just the sad reality you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so we're doing everything we can in our power to get it out there and get it into the right hands and the right ears so i was like you know what i'm actually going to take the wellness segment Mm -hmm. to promote it a bit but more so talk about the story of it because i just think it's so important it's such 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 important work mm-hmm. this isn't a podcast where i'm just trying to flex that i'm producing it but it's more so the work itself is so beautiful and mm-hmm. i don't want it to get lost yeah. um but i wanted to talk a little bit about it just so that people who don't know much about what it is or maybe just didn't even know that it was happening i can kind of maybe push you to check it out so this is where it all started, right? This is some backstory. In 2019, the mayor of Pittsburgh, right? His name was Bill Peduto. He, you know how um, politicians will, during their terms, they kind of want to flex a bit and have like livability indexes put out. They hire like these commissions um, to create this research so that they can show that their city is the most livable city, right, Mm -hmm. in the nation. And Pittsburgh, for whatever reason, had been always viewed as, like, the most livable city in the country, always out here with really, really high ranking. And the way that they look at these rankings is they look at healthcare, employment rates, you know, education, and, like, dozens of other categories so in 2019 he hired the city's gender equity commission who was spearheaded at the time by professor sociologist and race scholar junia howell unfortunately for him (laughs) she took a different route when creating this livability ranking and she was like i feel like the default are white people in these rankings but what about the black men what about the black women what about the asian men asian women indigenous like she was like what about all of the demographic that makes up pittsburgh is everyone having a similar experience and of course her findings showed that they absolutely were not not only were they not but pittsburgh was so low for black women specifically. And not that black men were that much higher in their ranking for livability, but black women specifically Mm -hmm. were showing higher poverty rates, higher birth defect rates, higher death rates, higher unemployment rates, higher school arrests, and black women in Pittsburgh were more likely to commit suicide than most of the other cities that they measured of the same demographic which is like 800 not 800 100,000 black women or more in that city you know like Mm. they looked at cities of the same size similar demographic size so that was shocking (laughs) because it was so different from what these indexes had said in years prior so she knew that this was going to be buried you know because she was like this is not what he hired her for (laughs) 
This is not what the government wants to hear. This is not what they want to see. So she was like, what can I do to make sure that when I submit this, it's not just going to disappear and nothing's going to be done about it, mm-hmm. knowing that her job could be at risk. You know what she did? She sent it to the media the same day she was supposed to submit it to the mayor. So that way it wasn't just between them. It's now, out now. It's out now. It's and brilliant. of course, brilliant. Totally put her, her job, her life on the line. Of course, she was fired. <laughs> Lost all her positions. <clears throat> but for her, it was worth it because she sent the index to this reporter, named, this journalist named Brenton Mock, who mm-hmm. worked for Bloomberg City Lab. He put out the study. Not only did he put out the study for Pittsburgh, but he put out an entire index that they created with every city on it, right? Mm-hmm. And this is where Cleveland comes in because Cleveland, even hearing how bad shit was in Pittsburgh, Cleveland was still worse. Damn. Cleveland came out last. And what makes it extra shocking is that Cleveland is actually viewed as a healthcare mecca in our country, which I didn't know. The Cleveland Clinic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that people travel from around the world to get healthcare and to be seen and get appointment. It's like a big deal mm-hmm. and it's a healthcare Mecca. So imagine living in a city that's viewed as the healthcare Mecca where they're giving appointments to people around the world, but infant mortality is the highest for black women and black families in any other city. How Don't is that no possible? Wow. It just doesn't make any sense. So hearing this and seeing this article that came out, shout out to Brenton Mock for putting it out and shout out to Junior Howell for putting her job and her life online because she was receiving death threats. She had to move. <laughs> she had to, you know, try to, you know, figure out a completely different career. Like it really kind of fucked her over, but she knew what she was doing it for. And it was sad because a lot of other sociologists and scholars and researchers had mixed feelings about her because they were like, it's kind of frustrating that they had been saying this. They had been submitting these indexes. They had been talking to media, but it took a white woman to put it out there for people to listen. So it was kind of bittersweet. You know what I mean? Like, so people didn't really know how to hold space for her. So there's a lot of mixed reactions when you talk about her. Like we had her on the podcast and we kind of knew that it was going to be polarizing <laughs> because some people like do not fuck with her. They think it's some white savior shit. Um, and then other people are thankful because at the end of the day, she got it out there, regardless of how you feel about her, you know? Mm. And so we had her come on the first episode. Damn. Right. So that's something that you'll get to hear straight from her. We also have Brenton Mock, mm-hmm. who is the reporter the journalist who put it out there he's on the episode as well talking about how they were kind of putting themselves on the line putting this index out and then we move on to these two researchers chi chi and camara and um and bethany studenick right they are these researchers that have a company called enlightened solutions based out of cleveland so hearing this study and seeing cleveland coming in dead last they decided to put together their own research, right? So they they uh, created and dispersed a survey focused on understanding the experience of Black women in Cleveland. They surveyed up to 500 different Black women in Cleveland, asked them their experiences, everything ranging from 
What are your hospital visits like? What was it like going to school? Um, doctor's visits? How are you treated? Pain management? What about at work? Are you getting paid the same? Um, what about opportunities for advancement within your position? What about, you know, those opportunities as they compare to your white coworkers? Asking them everything, basically their own version of this livability index, but focusing on Black women in Cleveland. And the research was really, really depressing, as you could imagine. The Black women finally having an outlet to share, now that this was out, were sharing terrible stories of how they were treated in the hospitals. Mm -hmm. The real Especially shit that was going down. The real shit, now that somebody's finally listening. Yep. Yep. They were talking about even pain management, how doctors and hospitals think that you're a drug addict and you could really be suffering from something and, and needing pain management. And it's like they view black people either as drug addicts that are coming in to score or have their fix or they just view our pain tolerance as different. Yeah. You know, the way that pregnant women are treated, why are the infant mortality rates? What are doctors doing Oof. that our babies are not making it out alive in the same percentage as every other demographic? That's just, crazy. Yeah, it was just really mind-blowing. So um, if you want to check out the study, the main study from Pittsburgh that kind of kicked all of this off, you can go to apps.pittsburghpa.gov. That's where you'll see Junior Howell's study. And then if you want to check the Cleveland study that Enlightened Solutions ended up creating based off of this, you can go to Project Noir, C-L-E, that's Project N-O-I-R-C-L-E.com. That's mm -hmm. where you'll see Chi-Chi and Bethany's study with the women in Cleveland. So where I come in is this study was taken, uh, was viewed by NPR Idea Stream. Mm -hmm. And they, together with the women from Enlightened Solutions, said, we need to get this out. You know, you guys got the information. You guys got down to the ground. How and do we, we get have this platform. out on a national level? And we have the platform. Decided yeah. to have the podcast. Like, let's turn this into a podcast. Think Serial. Remember with mm -hmm. Adnan, like how that yeah. just like took fire. And now he's free and just everything that it did. They wanted to create the same momentum, the same talking points, the same uh, traffic for people wanting to help and do something. So... This is where I come in to help them format with my years of experiencing producing, formatting episodes and working with research. I know I love research yeah. and being mm -hmm. able to be blessed to work with people at this level. You know, mm -hmm. like these are researchers. These are journalists. These are news anchors. And mm -hmm. they're looking to me to help them format these episodes to make sure that we can get the story out. So that's where living for we even the name Living for We, it signifies we had to do it ourselves mm -hmm. because no one else is paying attention. So mm -hmm. we are living for we. Mm -hmm. So that's what the backstory of this podcast is. Like I mentioned, we had Junior Howell, Brenton Mock, and the two researchers, Chi Chi and Bethany, on the first episode kind of laying the ground of what, where all this started. And then we have in the second episode, Samaria Rice, who is Tamir yeah, Rice's, Rice's mom. Mm -hmm. Wow. We are blessed to have her come on. And she's going to share her experience growing up in Cleveland, 
her, you know, as a mom, of course, the unfortunate fatal shooting of Tamir Rice by the police and just her thoughts on Cleveland for black women and families specifically, especially with what she has been through and experienced. So we're really getting down there. We have people that we have black women who actually work for the police. Mm. We have black women who work in the hospital. So we're making sure to get every angle possible. Are these women speaking anonymously? No, not at all. Wow. And I will say just in full transparency, it does make it a bit challenging because they're putting their jobs on the line. Mm-hmm. So there's, but so far we can, can take go. the yeah. conversation, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's very coded. Mm-hmm. I have <laughs> admittedly struggled with that aspect because kind of like we were saying before, two things can be true. You can be frustrated because you can't really dig in the way you know you need to, but you also have to understand these are black women that are in police forces yeah. working CEOs of hospitals that, I, like I mentioned, these are healthcare meccas in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very hard position to be in. Imagine how hard they work to even get where they are. And it's that weird thing of like, I want to go there, but you know, I can't, you know what I mean? So it was an interesting dance. It was very delicate. But I think we did the best we could with what we had. Mm -hmm. And I think the podcast as a whole is just really profound, beautiful work. I know it's not, you know, it's not an easy listen because it's heavy. It's um, layered. It's exposing a lot of what's really happening. And I know the average person is like, bro, I already am (laughs) going through a lot. I don't know if I need to hear this. But. If you don't have the capacity, at least spread the word. You could at least do that much for us because at the end of the day, we're trying to make sure that the story is heard. The women in Cleveland um, are given resources and access, you know, that can help change the landscape. This is the scary part. We don't know how much we can do, but at least we're trying to do something. And that's the purpose of this podcast. And I'm blessed to be a part of this team. Mm Cause it is such special, delicate work, and I'm I'm glad that they entrusted me with being able to help them put this together. It's a big responsibility and a lot of pressure. And they I said think, the best. Thank you. <laughs> I think we're doing it justice. I, I saw a lot of your feedback from episode one. A lot of women from Cleveland hit me, which meant a lot because Wonderful. you were just like so emotional at the fact that people are finally hearing y'all out, listening, seeing you. And hopefully, you know, this podcast will help us do something about it. You put on in Cleveland, so you should. (laughs) We need to to go to Cleveland, friend. So you can, you know, shake hands. And you know what's funny? It's such a full circle moment for me because I went to college in Ohio. Mm -hmm. You used to get it in Ohio. And I used to be in Cleveland, obviously, because that's where you go. There's nowhere else to go. And so such a full circle moment for me to like (laughs) me. I'm going back for the first time since I graduated college. I'm going back next month for, for the, the launch, yeah, of the podcast. So that's going to be like a really cool return to that, um, especially as an older person. But I do want to give you guys the phone number that we're using for the podcast. Um, I'd love to hear thoughts, specifically women in Cleveland, obviously, because we want to give them the opportunity to speak. But also any of you in any cities that just want to share your thoughts about what you've experienced in the healthcare sector, in education, in the workplace, just being a black woman in community in your cities, 
Because like I said, this isn't just about Cleveland. Cleveland just happened to come in dead last. You mm-hmm. saw the st- you saw what the study exposed about Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Imagine all the other cities, you know? Yeah. So the number is 216-223-8312. That's 216-223-8312. If you call that number, leave me a voicemail. I'm going to be adding a voicemail to the end of each episode as a way to as a way to connect with the listeners a little bit more where it's not just the studies that we put together and the researchers and the journalists but I also want women outside of the interviews obviously that we have I want listeners and everyday women to call in and share their experiences living in Cleveland and like I said, feel free if you're also experiencing in other cities to share your thoughts as well. So that's it. That's Living for We. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm MPR. Tell my mama to listen. <laughs> and I'm so honored. And I just want to read this one quote that Junia said, where she said, in regards to Pittsburgh, when the study came out, she said, What this means is that if Black residents got up today and left, and move to the majority of any other cities in the U.S., their life expectancy would go up, their income would go up, their educational opportunities for children would go up, as well as their employment. And that's such a harsh reality to think. Like, you go from one city to the next, and your life expectancy changes. Something has to be done about it. I know this is like preaching to the choir, because we've experienced this, we've dealt with this, and it's like, when does the shit actually change? But this is... In the digital age, this is our way of at least trying to create a dent in the conversation. So I want to thank Marlene Harris-Taylor, who is the host. Um, And like I said, Chi-Chi and Kamara and Bethany Studnik, who are the researchers from Cleveland who put together Project Noir, which is what this podcast is based on. Of course, I want to thank Brenton Mock of Bloomberg City Lab for being brave enough to put this index out there. As he called it, it's the white reckoning, which I okay. thought was profound. All right. Okay. And then Junior Howell, of course, regardless of how you feel about her, thank thanks to her for thanks taking for that alley oop. Uh, that alley oop, you know what I'm saying? And getting that information out there. Um, and of course to Hannah, who is the senior producer on this show, who has really been a pleasure to work with. She's busting ass. You know, learning how to hold space for a team of black women because she's the only white woman on the team. So I had to clap it up for her. (laughs) Right. Hannah of Evergreen. So thank you to the whole team. Thank you to myself because this Uh, has been such an expansion of my skill set, of my capabilities and just trusting myself that I can do this and do it well because it's one thing you know to have your own show and it's another thing for people to be like can you do this show though and it's like Ooh, yeah. well okay. they said it was thanks to, your, thanks to your brilliant creative direction I believe that's what I read now I believe that's what <laughs> I read see that, right? I believe <laughs> So. <laughs> thank you so much to the Enlightened Solutions for putting that statement I thought that was awesome mm-hmm. so Living for we, check it out wherever you stream your podcasts. And that's it for this week's wellness segment. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Asante, I'll leave back to you, Mr. Music Man. Well, you know, a lot's happened in music. We just talked about Broccoli City. I was trying to look it up. Actually, Broccoli City Festival is coming up. <laughs> I know, I uh, saw. They had a July crazy 15th and 16th. The lineup I see here is Lil Uzi Bird, Jasmine Sullivan, City Girls, Ice Spice, Rima, Mariah the Scientist, Sasha Santana, Brent Fias, Kodak Black, Lorilla, Asuke, Chloe, uh, Coco Jones, Lola Brooke. Um, a whole bunch of people are going to be there. Everybody. So. <laughs> uh, shout out to Broccoli City Festival. Shout out to all the festivals. It's festival season. Um, Dreamville Fest is going to be happening April 1st and 2nd. And um, Rolling Loud actually just kicked off um, in LA, mm-hmm. uh, Inglewood. Same thing. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, West Coast. Anyway, um, yeah, Rolling Loud on the West Coast kicked off. Uh, I believe Travis Scott performed, Lil Uzi performed. Uh, Ice Spice, I mm-hmm. saw on the interwebs. Um, so eating. Nicki Minaj was out there dissing Megan. Um, she brought out Lil Wayne. Um, Shinsia was out there. A lot of your faves are out there working the stages. Uh, you said again, dissing Megan? Yes, mm-hmm. Megan. Really? Is, yes. Nicki uh, dropped a song. Uh, do you know what the song is called? Red Ruby Ru- the Sleaze. Red Ruby the Sleaze. That's what it's called. Um, <clears throat> And uh, there's a bar in there about she don't fuck with horses or something. Mm-hmm. And so I just, wow. I haven't listened. to be like 700 horses when we fixing to leave, but I don't fuck with horses since Christopher Reeves. And then the, the words stop and the beat just rides. It's like a and that's fucked open up. That's just a fucked up line. And then she starts going again. Yikes. It's over the Luma D. Uh-oh, beat. Uh-oh. Is the song hot, though? Uh-huh. I'm going I'm to check it out. I just hadn't checked it out just because I hadn't. And then I, I'd been seeing the commentary and I was like, ah, fuck. And so I was like, I got to listen to it at some point. But um, yeah, anyway, uh, so that's happening. Uh, speaking of Rolling Loud, uh, City Girls did an interview, another interview with a young woman by the name of Yes Jules. Yes Jules. Yes. <laughs> and... So a lot happening in this segment. Was it not yes, Jules? Is that why you looking like that? Was that the girl that they had the awkward interview with? That was yes, Jules? Yes. And do you was know what she said? Yes, no, that, I don't know if that, that was wasn't yes, Jules. Jules. No, that no. was not <laughs> Who was that? Woo! <laughs> Who was that? Look, she was finna get she was finna get it. Who is it? Did they say? I saw that clip on Twitter earlier. That wasn't your shoes? I don't think so. I could be wrong, but it didn't seem like yes, Jules. Somebody named T? I don't know, but it's not yes, Jules. (laughs) Well, that girl was... was Because doesn't that name sound familiar? That, like, she was like, um... I don't know what her actual job was, but she's like a one of those vibey party girls. I don't know. She like worked in music, but in partying, but lived in Miami. I couldn't tell you, but I just know she's like a personality. Listen, she's, life is short. She's who Daniel Caesar got canceled over. Life is short. 
Wait, for real? That makes this even worse. Yeah, because he was defending her and people was like, oh, what? Wait, 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 wait. That is, you know what? That makes this even I, worse. Like, I don't actually that know what she it, does. Hold on. Yes. Jules. That makes this even worse. It would have been better if it was But yes, I don't Jules. think that's, that's her because that... this girl seems young. Yeah. Like, hella and yes, Jules is old, right? All I know Dustin. is this girl said... <laughs> no, not... Did you, that sounded worse. Oh, said, you know That sounded worse. Day. She's 50. She's, no, this girl said, did you know it's the 50th day of hip-hop today? 50th day. That's what she said. <laughs> it was JT's face for me, because she was like, who the like, fuck is this? That's what's like, cracking me up. Also, Yes Jules is a host, consultant, and, and marketing of events. Yeah, so I was close. Okay. She's a vibe... She was a host, but she didn't host that. No, I do not think sell lashes. <laughs> that girl seemed really like hyped and young. I don't know who that was. Well, sorry to yes, Jules, and sorry to that girl. Um, and sorry to the city girls for having to deal with either one of them. Um they handled it well. <laughs> they did. They handled it well. Uh I believe they performed too, but I didn't actually go they watch. Did. I watched I the seen... whole, their whole set. How was it? Um, you can tell where they've upped the produ- production value. Um, you can tell that they've been like practicing their stage choreography, right? Yeah. In spurts, yes. I and, love the little. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's so cute. <laughs> and what I will say is, they had such good energy, and Young Miami was having so much fun while she was performing. Aww, she was fun. smiling the whole time, like so. It was cool, and it. I love their record, so it was good to you know to hear all that. And they had added like guitars and stuff. You know, it was very like it was a full production. Yeah, and I saw they um, played a preview right yep. of a song called Pinata that's uh-huh. coming out soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you catch any other performances? Yeah, I watched. Um, Only Twitter clips. Saweetie's performance. I watched uh, the city Shout out girls. to DJ Milan, who was there with her. She was. Yes. Milan, darling. She was Milan. doing that thing. So, yeah, <laughs> I saw a couple, a few of the performances. Um, 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 who else did I see? They had her. Uzi. When they played um, Just Wanna Rock. They played that during like yeah. a break when the city girls was like taking a break. The crowd went crazy. I was like, "That's how you know when you got a hit record because everybody in the mm-hmm. audience was like going crazy when that song." That shit happened at the Scissor concert when um they were playing like the music before the show got started. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, everybody, well, and me and myself included, went crazy when it came on. It was almost like we thought Lil Uzi was gonna come out, even though we knew he wasn't. That's what I wanted to walk my casket right, out right. too. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> that would be insane. <laughs> We're gonna be crying. That's what you want playing. Yeah, so y'all can feel the, you know, like a drum beat. You know what I'm saying? Like, like crying and sweating and dancing. So while people are falling out crying, you want people rocking hips, mm-hmm. and I want professional dancers taking my casket out too. That's like dipping and shit. You know, fastened to the casket and then dancing. <laughs> <laughs> You want them to hip roll with your casket? I want you to hear me thudding around in there. Like when they oh go on the Dustin, that's just so... seal it up, hot glue it, and oh. then let me just move oh around God. in it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like Uber And eats. remember he yeah. said he wanted us to stitch his thumb holding his crotch. Mm-hmm. And so he, he wanted us to show his shoes. Flopping all around. This is yeah. a lot. Yeah. I'm just going, yeah. once I'm in there, fuck it. Throw me in there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> At that yeah. point, like, you know, it's over now. The end. Well, you know what I'm saying? 
speaking of it's over now, that does it for the artist dimension portion. Now we are going to get to the songs to play. Oh, Unless I'm there are any ready. other closing thoughts on music this week you would like to share, because that's it for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I was on. Um, so I told y'all I had a, had a little kick with um, Shakira and Carol G and then yeah. follow my mommy. So, of course, I've been playing reggaeton, <laughs> just letting it rock. And I was on the treadmill yesterday, and this song came on and got me so hyped. It's just some good... I'm not going to say it's good treadmill music. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it didn't until you did but that. some songs... <laughs> It hit on the treadmill. How about that? And yes. it's called Palma, and it's Chucky73 and Dylan Baby or Dylan Baby? Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. <laughs> um, and, but listen to how this shit hits. Duro. <laughs> En la calle tú andas duro, quiero que salga te ve. Al ritmo del aplauso, quiero verte en cola letra. Pero un coro mala, saqué la yo sin bebé. Una sucia de los minas, pero lo sabe mover. Dale al ritmo de la palma. Pero un coro, un coro mala. Dale al ritmo de la palma. Pero un coro, un coro mala. Se la hace su coro si me pongo pa' ti. Si te canto de la calle fue porque la viví. Millonario pero feo, estamos como Jesse. No le cambio el palabreo pa' que sientan el kit. Estamos en cuarto, estamos en fruta. Somos bellacas si se ponen platura. Amor y caco, se lo de computa. Tiene el paso que le gusta. Es una popi que se pone trucha. Trae el buche que ella no le da la juca. Tú eres mala, tú eres fresca. Si es verdad, sácate una right. Horrible. Yeah. What he's saying, but... What's he saying? He's just saying women that are married can get it too. Put your titty out. What's hey. up? <laughs> okay. Oh. Sound like one for the summer. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it just hits so crazy on the treadmill. It had me looking like the old ladies in Zumba classes. You know what they be like? <laughs> <laughs> but that's just what it is. That's my song for this week. That's it. I wasn't really listening to anything else. It's all good. You've been working, I friend. Have. PR. Okay. okay. Hey. I feel you. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You did the takeover. Uh, speaking of takeover, Dustin, it's your turn. What you been over there jamming to? I know you be having a long list of music you've been listening to. <sighs> this is, I'm going to take it back on for y'all. This is In Excess, uh, Me You Tonight. One of the white songs everybody like. All right, now this next record is called Put a Little Umph in It by Jagged Edge featuring the Scientist. Fresh yeah. lemonade game on the album. Everybody watching this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to chill. Me and you. 
We'll put that on for you. Y'all know what this is. Love it when you wind on me. When you put it right on me. All the fixes that you make, all the sounds you create. When you put a little, when you put a little bit of love in it. That's when I lose control. When you put a little love in it. Start squeezing and you won't let go. When you put a little love in it. Keep telling me how much you love me. When you put a little love in it. When you put a little bit of <laughs> all right this last one shout out to bmf um they played this record on the last episode when they were skating and it took me back because they used to play this at the skating rinks back in michigan when i was growing up this song is by yellow magic orchestra and it's called computer game That's where you really go off on that part right there. That's it for you. That's some great uh, skating music. The range. <laughs> well, uh, just a few artists I would like to play for you on today. Um, first artist is Black, stylized with the number six for the B. You niggas like to call him Six love Black, this but song. the nigga's name is Black. This song is called Since I Have a Love. Love it. It's a vibe. He just just makes beautiful, beautiful music, and that was just a beautiful, beautiful song. So I saw him promoting, but I didn't know a single had dropped. So that's cool. That song right there, it's pretty, and the and and the cover is real dope too. Like I like the visuals. I want to buy some merch. So you know, black. You know, whenever you do all that, you go on the road and stuff. You know, I'm be seeing. I'm be seeing you. Um, <laughs> next artist I'm gonna play is a group by the name of They. Um, we've done this before. The group is they. Um, the song is called In the Mood featuring Young Blue and Zagos. Oh, 
control of me. Let you ride it, you can show for me. I got you in love. Just tell the truth to me. Sometimes you catch yourself wishing it could go like how we used to be. A dark nigga got you sipping, got you thinking about calling me. This ain't gotta be nothing more than it wants to be. Today, another little vibe I'm feeling. Um, those can go on the same playlist. I'm going to talk about that later. Last song I want to uh, put up, and there's also a video to go out uh, with that if you want to watch uh, They Young Blue. That song is called In the Mood. Um, last song I'm playing, there's also a video for Cool Visual. It's uh, by an artist named Shy Girl featuring Tanache. This song is called Heaven. Shout out to Shy Girl and Tanache. Love the production on that. Love the vocals. Obviously, Tanache just, you know, doing her thing. But Shy Girl, it sounds super dope as well. Shout out to everybody in the Music Man segment. That's it for this week. Uh, now off to Dustin Ross to hear what's going on in TV land. What you been watching? All roads lead to Bravo. First of all, the SWV and Escape, uh, the Queens of R&B series premiered. Um, oh, this past Sunday, it. yeah. Did you watch? You watched the episode, friend? No, no, no. I just saw people talking about it. I was like, oh, I didn't know this was happening. Okay, well, cool. darling, let me tell you, <laughs> it was Good amazing, TV. amazing, amazing fucking television. First of all, mm. um, all of the Escape members are showing up to work. Okay, like all of them. Um, Tiny is showing her personal story with her family. She's always also showing herself as the bridge or the peacemaker or whatever amongst the group. Candy is showing up as a person with opinions and recognizes their power um, within the the um, the quartet that they exist in as escape. Um, Tamika Scott, who used to be um, not so vocal about a lot of feelings that she had connected to um, her sister Latasha, who's also a member. And their mother and favoritism and and bad business dealings, you know, between her and her sister that no one else knew about. She's just being really forthcoming with it. Latasha is just showing up being mean. You know, she is. She's showing up being mean, giving people the cold shoulder and then lying about it, whispering over her sister behind her sister's back with her mother. Her mother is calling the other sister, mouthing to Latasha while Tamika is expressing her feelings connected to a situation that took place. The mother mouths, looks at Latasha and mouths mouths that the sister is jealous of her and the producers captioned that. So we're seeing real deal issues unfolding and being exposed on camera in real time. I think it's also important to note that we remember back in the day when they had the dress debacle on the Soul Train Award, not back in the day, last year, when they had the dress debacle on the Soul Train Awards red carpet where um, Candy, Tamika Scott, and Tiny had on the, the dresses that were styled by the same person. Latasha had on a different beautiful dress, and there was a lot of conversation surrounding that, and 
Then there was a moment on stage where you could sense the tension. All of that is playing out in real time on this series. Also important to note, those of you that follow Candy and um, are subscribed to her YouTube channel, Candy Online, you know about Speak On It, which is the after show that she does during the seasons of Real Housewives of Atlanta, where she has fellow cast members come on, other people who are relevant to the story come on, and then talk about in further detail what happened on what was played out in the episode. Well, she's doing Speak On It for the SWV and Escape show, too. And she did the first episode already. It was an hour long. And her guest was the executive producer of the series, Mona Scott Young, who also who also managed escape, managed escape for a time period after they reunited back in 2017, I believe it was. So she has a firsthand take on matters that are going on on this show. And it just made for an incredible interview. So you guys have Ooh. homework. If you go on YouTube, on Bravo's YouTube channel right now, you can watch the full first episode of SWN Escape. And you can get caught up. The entire full first episode is available right Ooh. now on their YouTube channel. Then immediately after that, go over to Candy Online, Candy Burst Tucker's YouTube channel, and watch her speak on it after show with executive producer Mona Sky Young. So you can have a full lens to view this whole show through. I'm so excited about it. Um, it. It was an incredible first episode. And who doesn't love SWV and who doesn't love Escape? Y'all know I love Escape. So it's and it's interesting to see this all play out. We all know that we by now we know because Latasha um, from Escape is uh, releasing music right now through a solo deal that she has on Motown Gospel that she gets on this show at some point and she does it without telling her group members that she's doing it. It's just a whole lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of going on. So watch that. Second thing we have to talk about is the Real Housewives of Potomac. Part three um, of the season seven reunion aired this past Sunday. It was an hour and a half, 90 minute long episode that also included um, previously unseen footage from Andy Cohen's uh, interview with Robin Dixon about her lying about and and withholding the fact that her husband cheated on her from producers, from the show, from all of those things. It went on and she didn't talk about it. Then she uh, admitted it on her podcast. It also happened to be the episode of watch what happens live that Ebony K Williams was a guest on. She was, it was Robin and Ebony and I was behind the bar. So I was there for the entire interview. But there was a lot more, even with the unseen footage that they played this Sunday, there was a lot more. Andy was grilling her for a solid 20 minutes of questioning, asking the questions, Q-T-N-M-F-A, okay? (laughs) That's what he was asking her. And um, so you saw that in the end. Real quick takeaways, Mia's a liar and she's not serious. I'm tired of Mia interjecting unnecessarily in conversations. I'm tired of her saying salacious things, feigning bisexuality and doing all these things to, to, I guess, just take up space on this cast. It's not interesting. It's not a real solid storyline we can sink our teeth into, especially when there's all kinds of stuff going on in her real life that we could be paying attention to, like the story of why um, the board of directors voted her and her husband out of the family business. They own several joint chiropractic franchise locations um, and they were voted out and 
all access to the money was cut off. There's rumors of inappropriate actions taking place on their behalf with the money and, um, you know, unaccounted for money, all kind of stuff. So that's what we need Jeez. to be talking about. Not this bullshit. You talking about wanting to see somebody's box. Like, that's not good. <laughs> um, Wendy. I think Wendy is a beautiful woman with a beautiful family, but Wendy is thirsty. Wendy wants to be a housewife television personality and she's a scholar. So there's an imbalance there that's taking place that is reading as thirsty to viewers like me and you, because um, you just won't say it, but I will. Um, I believe <laughs> that she has a place on this cast um, by right of this being her third season, because she will be asked back. She came on in season five, six, seven. So this is her third season. She'll be asked back for season eight. That'll be her fourth season. So at that point, four seasons in as a housewife on a cast like Potomac, you anchored in. You're a part of the story, whether we want you here or not. Wendy brings a lot to this cast with her family dynamic and her scholarly background. But she needs to do that and address people when it's necessary, not sit back and say in her home, and if this person say this to me, then I'm going to say this back and I'm going to say it like this because that's how I'm going to let her have it. That's what I'm going to do. And then go in the scenes and do that because we can tell that that section of planning and strategizing took place before she had the conversation and it just reads as thirsty. So there's that. Chris Bassett needs to back off, okay? Giselle and them was wrong as hell for saying what they said about him. I don't really want to go into detail about it because it's just not something we need to be talking about. And they were wrong as fuck for saying that, but a lot of that is his fault for being too mixy. Okay, you shouldn't yeah. be responding to Ashley's Instagram stories talking about y'all should have came to the W. That's not your friend. Those are your wife's co-workers and you need right. to back off. I'm not saying you're trying to fuck on none of them or be inappropriate. Right. All I'm saying is you're too involved doing Instagram lives, doing interviews um, on YouTube, talking about the show and talking about. And when we film, when we're filming, I don't And when we go to the reunion, when we filmed the reunion last year. Really, well, you ain't, ain't no we. You're not a part of this cast. Your wife is. And the part of the reason why you found yourself in the in the horrible predicament that you found yourself in this season is because you're too fucking mixy and you need to yep. back off and get you some business that is unrelated to this show. You need to. You're a chef. You talk about you've been 30 years deep in the food service industry in D.C. Do something with this visibility and get the hell on. Get on somewhere. Look at the... um. The motherfucker from Beverly Hills, I can't remember his name, but his wife and one of the wives from Miami, um, her husband, they're surgeons. They got their own show over on E. You know, they're doing botched and all that shit. They're not oh, even yeah. a part of this. Like, do do figure out a way to to, to leverage Paul. this visibility. Right, Paul Nassif or something like that. Figure yeah. out a way to, Dr. Paul Nassif, figure out a way yep. to leverage this visibility and get the hell on because you, you're in the mix too much. Too much, and that's why you know you, you're not you're too friendly. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Agreed. social media being social. Well, get off of it, because yeah. that's why the, these motherfuckers was able to pin you as a person making people feel uncomfortable and having inappropriate DMs. You shouldn't be DMing them. DMing them. Yep. You just shouldn't. Um, yep. I love Karen. I, Giselle gets on my nerves, and Robin be lying, <laughs> and we can move on. <laughs> that's it for this week's TV land. I'm not talking about Zeus. Bring I'm not back talking Katie. about Zeus this week. We're moving Bring on. Oh, Katie. yeah, Katie Ross. Yeah, but she... <laughs> I don't know. I know, I know she a doozy, yeah. but that's, but that's what they like need her? right now. I just started yeah. watching. Oh, only... We like her. Like we like her. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Friends, she just tweeted last week that her and Sharice had sex. <gasps> her and Sharice? Yep. 
She just tweeted wow. that last week. And so tag Cherise, so, like, what's up? So watch back for them vibes. Maybe we missed something. Yeah. Wow. I would have thought maybe the nanny, but not Cherise. Cherise. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> anyway, so that's dun, that. Dun, dun. That's it for TV Land this week. All right. Well, that means that's it for this week's episode. <laughs> As always, we love you so much. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you guys next week. Stay black and protect your magic. Bye. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.